Poison Rana. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Poison Rana. You found us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And what are we? YouTube.com <laughs> slash Poison Rana pod. You almost got it right. It's oh, I, at Poison at Rana. Poison Rana. Co- I think. Yeah. I don't know. There's too many at things. At Poison Rana Cod. At Poison Rana Pod. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, oh, sure. We'll go with it's that. It's tricky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Uh, Brayden and Davey here. We are going to spend some time chatting all about some, some wrestling and what's been going on in the world. But we are not alone today. Oh, no. As we are joined by uh, a very, very friendly friend, a friendly friend of the show. Who you've actually met now. <laughs> yeah, I've actually met this person in real life and can say he is a he's a he's a good looking guy. As we might talk about some of <laughs> other <laughs> we might talk about some other good looking guys down the, on the show. But we are joined by a one Benno from Grapple. Hello, good sir. Hey guys, made up to be here. Brandon, I, Brandon, I know why you're saying that. Called you Brandon there. Brayden, <laughs> I know why you're saying that because me, me and me and you, we got like when we were in New York. Um Brandon from New Jersey was what I was gonna mention. He literally went to me and was like, Oh, you know what, Ben? now that I finally met you, I feel like you and Brayden are twins. I was like, you know what? I will take that as a compliment. It might just be we both wear the post hat. It might be I had a bit more facial hair than yeah. I do now, but it could be a yeah. it's possible, you know. Yeah, it's are we like the Basham brothers? Like we're not actually related, but, but if we had both well be. like yeah, we Does that kind make of, me Shaniqua? That would be great. That's a it's <laughs> a great triple team there. Uh yeah. I feel like just because maybe we wear black and wear the post hat is definitely why Brandon just assumed oh, they're two white guys. They look they look identical. Yeah. So uh but that's definitely all right. You're a handsome man, I'm a handsome man, Davy's a handsome man, we're all Very here. Handsome, to talk about some some pro wrestling here today. But I, I mean, I was referencing because uh, earlier today, I guess this morning, on the Great Muda Goodbye Show, mm. uh, a new stable formed called The Good Looking Guys. And I just thought it was the greatest stable name ever. So I, I'm I'm upset that we didn't think of it ourselves first, but maybe we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> when we were going through our what to rename it from up next to whatever like Poison Rana. that unfortunately wasn't on the list yeah and good I looking missed guys the, missed the boat there <laughs> the gl what is it the good look glg glg yeah, love Glug. it uh so uh <laughs> we're here to t- talk all about some wrestling thanks everyone for checking us out uh follow all the socials like subscribe all that stuff thank you thank you thank you but uh we're gonna kind of shoot the shit on some things going on in the world of wrestling and i'd say benno there was a, a big story this week that I uh, definitely would would have uh, your attention and and basically your expertise. Uh, so I'm I'm excited that you're on to to talk with us today. Uh, I am unfortunately going to have to pause for a sec as we are having echoes, but we should fix this. How are we now? Hello, YouTube room. Scratchy echo, 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 scratchy echo. That's a good scratchy name. Scratchy echo for a team as well. I think we should be sounding good. Joey's a live podcast. Yes. Do exactly. I uh, make the same jokes about how we're all good-looking guys? Yeah, we we were just we were just uh, kind of uh, blowing our own trumpets there, just saying how fucking handsome all yeah. three of us are. We you missed it, yeah. but we were yeah. We were- we were talking some really nice things. Uh, Benno, how's it going? First of all, what time is it over there? It's two p.m. Eastern time in Toronto right now. Yeah, it's just set past seven here on a, on Sunday. Perfect time to uh, to check in with you guys. But yeah, I think the other thing about this is I get to uh, it fills my con- 
contractual obligations to be able to continue to wear the post hat. Like we do like two shows a year on the BWE feed, and I'm not sure if that's quite enough to get past like Way's stringent uh, stringent rules. So I think if I do this show, which is post adjacent, because we are post fam after all, I think that gives me more means I can keep wearing the hat for another year. Hey, so uh, twice a year anyway. Goldberg wrestles twice a year and he's still a WWE superstar. So I think you're good. You can wear the post hat. Yeah. We'll have to send you when we do get the frog hats, we'll be sure to send you one, Benno, uh, for sure. And a lot of people have been asking. So shout out to you guys. We're working on it. We're going to get some, but yeah, we're, we're part of the post family. And, uh, we, we did get to, I got that we got to finally meet you in New York and that was uh, just amazing. We've done a few podcasts over the years and, uh, we've we've chalked it up and we've had a a blast. So this is always fun oh, yeah. to do a show with you, my my good sir. Uh, I also want to just compliment your. Uh, you've kind of upgraded your set a little since we last recorded. You've got some nice lights going on. I love that on air thing you've got going on as well. Uh, very nice. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, I've, um, been upgrading the studio with a a three pound bulb. I got off Amazon and that's uh, that's purple. But to make it all the difference, you know, I've got my uh, my ROH title in the back, all the important stuff. You're yeah, using purple yeah. <laughs> purple lights because I'm assuming you're just the biggest fan of 205 Live. Obviously, yeah, I think everyone yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's it. But no, it's it's great to be on with you because like that New York trip, like I'm, I don't think I'll ever recover from that. Just that all all of it, like the entire post because we're bigger than Wu Tang now. Like it's bigger <laughs> than Wu Fam. You know, <laughs> shout out to John C. You know, like we got like the full the full Killer B set was there in New York. Just I never thought when I uh, first started that stupid British wrestling podcast with a. Uh, with Martin and Ollie that one day I found myself in Times Square with uh, you two leading the way, with John, with Way, with WH, Times- the entire gang, Mike Murray. Yeah, Times Square, it really was the, like, end of end game with the, the like, the, the big bubbles portal. showing up, the circle showing up with everyone coming back. It's to, like, oh, it's John battle. away. It's John away. Okay, yeah, cool. They're post-wrestling. Oh, it, it's, it's Brayden and Davey. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they, up next, guys. Yeah, okay. Wait, is that WH Park here? What? Yeah. Better, what? Imagine... <laughs> Imagine you just like an innocent post listener who just didn't know about it, wandering down the street in New York and just saw all, all us lot together like this big gang. But it was weird, though, because I don't know if you guys were the same. Obviously, I met uh, Davey when he was uh, over in the UK last. But like even meeting you for the first time, Braden, it was like I felt like we knew each other already because we, we do this video thing. Same with John and Way. Yeah. Same with WH. It was kind of a, a surreal experience. It's really weird doing doing these podcast things and then not not even just listeners because listeners who listen, they probably know more about me than like people in my real life because I'll be like, oh, what did we have for breakfast today, Davey? Mm. And then a listener heard me say that, but other people in my life might not. So they they, <laughs> they feel like they know like so much about me that it's not even weird to like meet in person. But when you do stuff like when you're actually doing shows with someone and talking to someone and, and engaging and going back and forth messaging, when you finally meet them, it's like, I already know everything about you. I don't need to be like, hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. I, I, I already assumed, Benno, you were a pretty. Yeah, I, I assumed you I already know that you're, you know, you're a you're a good dude. So I already like kind of felt like i've met everyone before like andrew thompson i yeah. felt like i've met a million times but oh, what a guy. it's me yeah, lovely guys yeah. it was interesting what yeah. a sweetheart. we do need to get you here one day uh maybe not on a day like today because it's currently a snowstorm Snowing outside just as we started this oh, wow. this podcast it looks pretty grim out there but yeah we definitely need to get you it in the summer like uh yeah. you steph the the grapple lot definitely need to to come to the six yeah we'll get you to an ovo fest or something <laughs> 
Oh, hell. <laughs> I learned this from this trip. Your listeners will probably know this already about you guys, but like, I've got to say to, to the Poison Rana listeners, Braden and Davey are like the center of the universe when it comes to this stuff. The amount of times it was like, where should we go for breakfast? Where should we go for drinks? What are we going to do next? The, the the go-to line everyone would say is, oh, what are Braden and Davey doing? Like, where are they going? <laughs> They'll know where the cool thing is. They'll know what the cool thing is to do. Like, you've got that rep and it's well-earned. You, you guys are like the uh, the leaders. You're, you're where the uh, the cool things are happening, I reckon. Everyone does say, again, we're definitely uh, tooting our own horns here. We'll talk about wrestling, I swear. But <laughs> one thing we hear quite a lot, we need it on a T-shirt. We live the gimmick. Mm-hmm. Everyone tells us it, it'll be it'll be when we're taking someone to a cool bar or restaurant to be like, wow, you guys live the gimmick. Or it'll be the next morning when the person we've took taken out will be like, oh, my God, I'm dying from a hangover. You guys really live the gimmick. And we're like, yeah, we They're like, how do you feel? Oh, yeah. Like, shit. Just like, we're used to this. We're used to this. So yeah, we like that. That's all I was missing on that trip, the hangover. Like, because it was all very civilized. We had like the post day out today. Yeah. We? we had the nice yeah. meal. You went too well, were you, Davey? So there no. wasn't too much hardcore partying going on. That's what I want. I want a four or five in the morning. Experience it, it, I, I definitely feel like we missed out on that. Like, um, yeah, it was unfortunate because I was I'd normally be up for a, a good time, but just felt awful. And yeah. there was that time we went to this place, mums, after after pasta lovers to some yeah. people got some dessert, but we were like, all right, are we doing some drinks? And then the the waiter comes over and it's like, okay, one ginger ale, one Diet Coke, one orange juice, one <laughs> and milkshake. And we're like, huh, okay, this isn't this isn't quite it. Yeah. Uh, and the world's tiniest Sunday for John Pollock. Don't forget that. Oh, the, the teddy bear, teddy bear drink. Teddy bear drink that well, he didn't even keep. Yeah. It? Yeah. No, we, 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 we definitely live the gimmick. We like to have fun, and that's definitely something that's part of our, our shtick is, you know, why not? Life's short. You got to have fun. But one day we will we will have you in our city, and we'll definitely be able to show you around. Uh, yeah, definitely not, not when it's snowing, but we'll, maybe we'll go to some wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to – yeah. <laughs> I, I would come over to, to your side of the pond because I, I definitely – that's definitely bucket list stuff for me. Um but I don't know if would we if I if I come to visit would we be going to a progress show? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Although Davey did last time he was there. I did, yeah. Event, yeah, G one climax. It, it is it is frustrating though because I I do obviously my all my family live uh, live in London and I I want to try and see them as as much as possible. But it's nice to try and kind of match things all at the same time. Obviously, last time that was the the Leeds show before WrestleMania, so. Um, I need a bit more from Tony Khan than sometime in 2023 and somewhere in London, there might be an AEW show. It might be a dynamite. It might be a pay-per-view. It might be a battle for the belt no. at some point. Sorry, Tony. I, I, I want to book these flights at some point. Yeah, you <laughs> lads are getting a rampage. <laughs> battle of the belts. That's the best weekend, too, I think. Yeah. Battle of the belts in a house show. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they do announce something uh, for you guys over there because they should. I, I hope they announce something over here for for Toronto. Mm. The re- the wrestling the wrestling boom is definitely like happening because everyone just wants to go out and do stuff and putting on wrestling shows. I know a lot of independents are popping back up and everything. We've been having fun going to indie shows around here, so uh, I'm sure it's this. You guys seem you guys seem definitely in the better camp. Like you guys got like your Rev Pros look like a lot of fun and stuff. So 
I'm sure a couple of years ago, some shows. yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a reason my catchphrase is "Brit Rez is dead," but yeah, uh, yeah. There's still there's still <laughs> things you can do. It's it's like it's like the New York trip. You know, the the wrestling was enjoyable, but it wasn't why I was there. I was no. there to party with you guys and to uh, to see everyone. It's the it'd be the same over. We'll take you. Red Pro's probably the best we can take you to TNT Extreme Wrestling. They do some death matches. I think you'd enjoy that, Brett. Okay, so, I, we can come up with something, but yeah, the, the night out's the important thing. As a wrestling fan, it's something you've always got to explain. Is people go. You're going all the way to New York just for wrestling. I'm like, well, no, I'm I'm going to New York to do New York. There happens yeah. to be wrestling on while yeah. I'm there, which I'll go and enjoy and etc. Yeah. Um, but we did ask you on here today. We've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, um, we're going to start and we we do this uh, this kind of gimmick with this show where we have like a, a countdown timer for each topic. But uh, for the first one, we we're going to just spend as much time as we want because obviously there was some incredibly uh, tragic news that came out this week with the uh, passing of uh, Jay Briscoe from a uh, a car accident on Tuesday uh Brayden and I were watching NXT at the time when the the news came out and went live immediately after with a kind of not really knowing any details at that point or anything and kind of a bit shaken up doing the show and not really in the mood to talk about NXT. Um, I'm sure all of our listeners at this point kind of know everything that's gone on. The the, the police filing from uh, from Delaware about um, how the accident took place with the uh, head-on-head collision, a car swerving into the other lane, um, the, the driver of that car, and obviously Jay Briscoe passing away. And uh, the Briscoe's daughters... Um, who are still in hospital recovering. It seems there's maybe a, a nugget of good yeah. news there that um, I think it's, sorry, Great Gracie was it, is is starting to feel her, her get some feeling in her legs again, which is obviously fantastic news, but um, really, really tragic uh, story. And we know you, Benno, you, you're, you're a bit of the Mr. ROH guy. You've got the title there right behind you. So we... Uh, we reached out. We wanted to talk to you. Um, obviously, we, we're going to talk about kind of what happened, but also we want to sort of maybe reflect a little as well um, on, celebrate this on Jay and, and celebrate. And we definitely want to do a, a best match ever sometime down the line, but maybe when the dust has, has settled a little. But um, yeah, uh, I, I was listening to you earlier on the weekend update on Grapple and kind of giving you thoughts there. But um how like it, it's weird ce- celebrity deaths because I I must admit like sometimes you you hear of a celebrity passing and you see people who've never met them get a little like upset about it and there ha- has been a time where it's like well you don't know them or whatever and until it's someone that you've like a Jay Briscoe you've grown up watching you've you've probably seen in tiny halls or had signings with and I mean we this guy was essentially had match of the year last year we were talking about him as a few months ago recent as just two recent. weeks ago in our best match ever show like and it this one this one hurt really hurt i will say davy like uh there is something to that like think about it say you like a musician or a, a an actor or something and you watch you've grown up watching or you listen or whatever and they pass away you do feel like a connection like okay like i was a fan or i watched you before wrestling is something that's so weird and kind of blurs the line of like, well, they're, they're not doing the story. It's all story and, and pre and, and acted and all this stuff, but 
week by week, you can reach out and touch these people. They are, they are actual real people who are putting on this entertainment. So when you either a allow these people into your like homes to watch every week, or like you said, actually paying money to go see them, not just once or like a few times, you know, you, for, for something like ring of honor, you knew they would come to your town, at least here in Toronto, you knew that there would be the loop and they would come. You, you you'd see them at the merch table, yeah, go up, have a them. chat, buy a yeah, t-shirt. It's that something kind of that's what's so cool and great about wrestling is like, it's like superheroes, like come to life. Right. And so for this to then happen and have this, it definitely, you can't, you, you can feel that way because Hey, you may have never met these people, but watching someone every week on your television screen is something to kind of relate to. So uh, it does. It is okay for us wrestling fans to get upset and sad about certain things like this, especially in this in this case, because it's so, so tragic and and so upsetting with with it being a car accident. So, yeah, my, my heart's been that we were we were in no mood to talk about NXT on Tuesday no. night. And as soon as we, we finished. We just put on, think about it, when your favorite musician or whatever die, whoever dies, you're probably going to listen to their, you know, top greatest hits on your, your, mm. your day. That's exactly what we did. We, we right away, we tuned out, we loaded up some Briscoe matches and we were just like, celebrating. Uh, and wrestling's such a weird one. Cause you can listen to a musician's music. Whereas wrestling, it's like, I'm going to watch this guy try to kill people in the guy. head with a ladder yeah. and get hit in the chair. And it's, but it's, it's art and it, it's obviously an art form that speaks to all of us, all yeah. of us in the YouTube room, us three, like wrestling is art. And that connects on such a deeper level than, than other things for, for me. So um, yeah, it, it's kind of don't really know where to, where to start with this, but Benno kind of had a few days to kind of have this news sort of sink in and, and reflect. And uh, yeah. what, what are some thoughts? Yeah. I mean, for me, it is, it's, you know, to your point with, the other problem that with wrestling is we're used to, you know, wrestler deaths, or at least it became a, a point, didn't know where it, it almost became normal. You see, like a, you know, like a Dave Meltzer doing, you know, very, you know, hard nosed reporting through this stuff, and you think of like all of the the deaths, you know, that man's lived through, you know, in wrestling, people he knew closely, and people, you know, he didn't just cover cover him from afar. I think it just it unfortunately becomes normal in wrestling, but this one definitely hit me harder. You know, like you say, I am, you know back in the day, big time ROH fan. And, you know, Jay's got that history there as far as being on the first show, you know, right through to, you know, the, la the last shows this year uh, under the AEW umbrellas. So there's something to that. But a big part of it is just how tragic this one is. Like, I've gone through, like, the range of emotions, like, from, you know, the day it happened, you know, me and JP were actually in the middle of recording when when the news broke and we just stopped um, at that point. And I pretty much spent the night just, like, collating news, you know, as with everyone else, you know, you, you're on Twitter and you're, you know, posting your favorite Briscoe Brothers memories and all of that stuff. But it's hard because at the same time, you know, this story's still been going on with, you know, the tragic side of it that his two daughters are in the back of the car and that, you know, it's great to see a, a bit of positive news, you know, about the girls. It sounds like that, you know, they're heading towards recovery and, you know, everyone will be praying and thinking of them. But that is what, what's so hard to take. It's a 38 year old man who is same age as me. Um, you know, with these, you know, with a, with a big family, you know, never mind, you know, Mark Briscoe and, and the rest of the relatives and all of that massive pillar of his community. It sounds like, and just absolutely beloved throughout mm. wrestling. Like I made the point on Twitter in normal circumstances when somebody dies and you see a lot of people, you know, talking about the person, like they were the best friend. You might think, Oh, they probably were, but maybe that's not true. 
with Jay Briscoe, like it's getting into the hundreds of people. Yeah, you, you hear talk about like Jay Briscoe was their best friend, and they all had these real personable interactions with him. I think that tells you the measure of the man as well, doesn't it? And and the loss there, and it's yeah, the wrestling stuff. Obviously, yeah, we should celebrate his career and talk about all the great the Briscoes did. But it is it's been hard over these last few few days to to, to get over that that absolutely tragic human element of it. I think as well from uh, from the family's point of view, like they they're not going to have the chance to grieve for for a long time because they really they're not out the woods yet, mm-hmm. and it's I'm sure I, I'm sure it's almost a I don't know if distraction's the right word, but you know it's that they can't like put him to rest yet because they've their focus all their focus is going to be on the daughters right now as well, which. Um, yeah, just just awful, awful news, and something yeah, we, to, we to, hate to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I really this this one's not even you know a wrestler like you mentioned Benno like wrestling covering wrestling. It's like yeah, wrestler dies in his late early or whatever fifties because wrestling related stuff or drugs or or something. Yeah. We're we're kind of used heart to that. Attack, heart attack, where this is just yeah. feels so bad. The, the thing that hit home for me is like when the news broke, everyone's you know going to see like what was his last post, what was he tweeting or Instagram, mm. you know things like that. And like the day before, it's like the whole, he posts a photo, like the whole family, he's driving his girls to like cheerleading practice. So it's just, man, it's like not even as an, as a wrestler or an artist, like this is a human being who's a dad who's, you know, seems so joyful taking his kids to school back and forth. And that's seems as if he was driving home from school when the accident happened is, is just so, it's so sad. And uh, I, I, I know that in the wrestling community, so many wrestlers have, uh, given their thoughts and and shared and expressed their feelings towards how how this is so awful, and I would recommend give send go dot com slash pew love, which is the like basically this like GoFundMe for the Pew family and the Briscoe family, which has already exceeded any of the 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 things they were like the goal for this. But uh, it's so cool to see the the wrestling community come out. Like obviously, people who you know would have history, whether like your your old Ring of Honor people, like the Young Bucks or like a Seth Rollins or stuff. But someone like a Chris Jericho, who I feel like lately is like a not just a locker room leader, but it's got to be up there in like just wrestling world leader because mm. as soon as he figured out he was he was tweeting the links to things he was making sure people were aware of the stuff he he was pretty like hey you know maybe i'm not someone who you know is known to be linked with this person but this is a person in the wrestling world and we we stand for our own and for our families and it's it's something that you do kind of see rest the wrestling business and the wrestling fandom that comes with it can be really gross Top sometimes thick. and really bad but when it when it's on the flip side, something like this, when we kind of need to come together, it it really it really shows, and and it does make me kind of proud to be still a, a wrestling fan in, in unfortunate times like this. Yeah, that's it. And you know, there are positives to take. You say, you know, the positive news about his daughters, you know, the coming together of the wrestling community. I mean, as far as like the Briscoes' career as well, like I'm. You know, in a way, I'm glad that this last year, you know, people have gotten to see how good they are. You know, there's it's all well and good. People like me who've been, you know, hardcore OH fans in the uh, the 2000s, or people like you know our friend Jordan talking about you know his interactions with the Briscoes, you know, and and, and fans like the, the Briscoes in the tens in ROH, like they've got this big reputation as absolutely one of the greatest wrestling tag teams of all time. But it was all in ROH that not maybe everybody had seen and I, I kind of feel like a little bit of comfort in the fact that this last year and this FT, you know the, the trio of matches with with FTR I'm so glad that happened I'm so glad that people you know AEW fans in general you know 
I know less people watch those ROH pay-per-views, but it was certainly on more radars than ever before. Got to see that it wasn't a myth. These guys were as good as, you know, we were all saying. Like, they, I think most match of the year polls for last year, that match, you know, the, yeah. the dog collar match is topping it. And everyone got to see, yeah, just how good those Briscoes were. I wish it had gone further. I wish they'd been on AWTV. I wish, you know, that Jay was still around to, to do even more with that. But, yeah, there is a part of me that's, you know, something poetic about that. I'm glad that happened. And I'm it glad, was, you know, he's got some of their flowers this last year. It was very similar with... Uh... Brody Lee's passing, where where a lot of people were saying, "Oh, this this guy, sure, this Brody Lee, Luke Harper was on WWE TV for quite a long time, but there was always that talk of, ah, oh, this, this guy when he was when he was on the Indies, like we, you haven't even scratched the surface with him in WWE, and then that had that incredible again dog collar match with Cody, and it's as tragic as the the passing is. You go, well." I'm pleased they got to have that moment. And it's it's yeah. it's such a shame for all these fucking stupid reasons that we couldn't have had this on an AEW TV show um, with the Briscoes. But having those three absolutely like sensational uh, tag matches with FTR over the last year, you you kind of feel like they they did someone what get their flowers beforehand which i'm like i'm as a fan grateful for because yeah what what an incredible trilogy um again comparing it to like say like a musician that you followed that you know maybe you've gone to see them at a at a tour where it's a you know a hundred seat venue or you know a few there whereas you know big artists and touring things fill out like stadiums and arenas but then after a few years, this artist puts out a single or a record that all of a sudden, like, everyone's like, oh, okay, wait, we've been sleeping on this. And before, you know, the next step, it's they pass away. And in this tragic thing, it's, it does remind me of that because everyone's been talking about that trilogy. Specifically, yeah, the dog collar match. You know, Brody and Jay are having an epic dog, dog collar match, match right as we're speaking yeah. right now, which has got to be awesome. But, like... Yeah, this past year, it finally, like, they finally broke through where people were like, if if you didn't know who they were before and you heard, oh, you know, those guys, they're they're pretty wild, they're pretty good, and you watched those matches, you were probably instantly a fan and you were probably wondering, yeah, why aren't they on uh, AEW TV and, and so forth? But I do think that uh, the Briscoes were were set to be basically the 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 stars for this ring of honor like experiment that tony khan was going forward with like you really were to believe that he was going to try to use them not on aw tv for obvious other reasons but when it comes to ring of honor it looks like they were going to be like the 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 one of the heavily featured acts i mean the the ring of honor pay-per-view just a few months back with the dog collar one they did not announce that match until like the dynamite the yeah like right before yeah. it right so and then that made the whole card the reason why people wanted to watch it and why people were talking about it so yeah uh it's really crazy that they finally got to get their flowers and 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 stuff but now it's like man like who knows where we could have gone now with with that and um i'm sure benno you've been to a, a lot of ring of honor shows but like going to those shows you could go to a ring of honor show that wasn't you know you may you're still gonna have fun but most time the briscoes were like the the highlight of that and if it wasn't the briscoes you know when jay had his solo run like it was good he was really good whoever they're in against you go yeah you, you know oh well up the next 20 minutes like this is gonna be good i i might not recognize anyone else on the card but we've got a briscoes match yeah. like it's gonna be good. dedicated 
any generation of ROH as well. Like you don't see that anymore. Like a re- like look at like Jay's career. He's a one company man, really. You know, did some Noah, did some Impact. You know, had this weird you know ROH that's AW you know stuff over the last year. But overall, like he's an ROH guy. Like and you know as someone who you know, takes that stuff seriously, you know, you think about like the the four pillars of ROH or the Mount Rushmore and your obvious ones are, you know, it's Brian, it's Joe. I'd probably say punk. Some might disagree and say somebody a bit more modern, but I think that fourth spot probably belongs to Jay or the Briscoes together because mm. they were in that. Literally Jay was on the first show wrestling. Mark was in his corner because he was too young to wrestle, but still appeared on that show. They had matches against each other, you know, in some Indies, CZW and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, Again, to be a wild side and other places around that time, but they were known for being ROH guys. And like, literally, you can pick them up like from that 20 year run, it's pretty much all quality. And it's like, they, they know they started like these, you know, relatively skinny, you know, indie boys doing lots of, lots of moves with a Z and, you know, having, having these wild matches to growing into like fully grown men. Like, that's one of my biggest memories of them. Yes. I love the Briscoes in early ROH when they were skinny and wearing those singlets that were too baggy for them. And Jay had that killer match with uh, Samoa Joe in the cage that I think maybe we reviewed on the uh, on the uh, the Joe Best match ever. We did, yeah. like yeah, we had that there. But they they came back, you know, uh, and they were they looked like they put about fifty pounds worth of muscle on. They grew into their own bodies. They become like these these wild men with the facial hair and the tattoos, and that just developed as years went on. And they they became men, and they were even better wrestlers then. Like the the list of classics you can name from those years as well. You know, I was there for the there's an Aries and Strong match from Liverpool. I'd highly recommend the El Generico and Steen feud right through to as you rightly say Jay's singles run as world champion, which wasn't a token run. He was legitimately the guy for that year. Like it's an unbelievable run. The likes of which I can't think of many parallels in a, in modern US wrestling. I think that's something that really connected with that FTR trilogy as well because it was like four men yeah you know like if you know what i mean by that word but oh, it's yeah. like just for proper men like it felt like a proper fight outside a pub like all right let's yeah. let's fucking sort this that kind of thing I, which you don't get so much in wrestling anymore like uh, jay briscoe i remember taking my one of my buddies who like a wwe fan you never really watched indie stuff and it must have been like 2012 2013 and the briscoes were uh, maybe even before that the briscoes were on the card and I think it was when Jay had some long dreads. I can't remember now. But my friend, who was not aware of who the Briscoes were, like out loud went, whoa, who's that guy? He looks fucking terrifying. And it was Jay Briscoe. I'm like, yeah, like you pick out, you pick out some of the wrestlers in a, in a lineup. This speaks for today's wrestlers. You pick out a, a bunch of wrestlers in a lineup. And you go, I could probably take that guy. I'm taller than that guy. But if you look at Jay Briscoe, you go, I probably wouldn't want to fight that guy. <laughs> it's it, it, part of that. And it's something um, heard Jordan say when he was on post. And uh, I've seen from other people is how believable they are. And with this, like, Warner Brothers, like, sorry, Warner Discovery, like, embargo on them, essentially, like, yeah. not allowing them. O- obviously, there was that tweet from 10 years ago, but part of me is, like, because they're so believable, I can see that being a factor. You know, they yeah. they see that tweet, and yeah. then you see these two look like. scary-looking kind of hit guys, and you go, well, yeah, that kind of Man. figures, whereas... I don't. I shouldn't be playing what ifs, but if that was something, say the Bucks said ten years ago, these wholesome, fresh, 
Jesus loving boys. I, I wonder, but you do. And you, I mean, they used to have what, like the Confederate flag and all that sort of stuff as part of their gimmick. I'm sure like part of that, you just, you look at a photo of those two and you know, they're two scary looking motherfuckers who probably have very different views of the world than you and I. And by all accounts, all the stories we've seen coming out from everyone, from people from the LBGTQ plus community have said like, no, that's, that's not them. They're, they're wonderful, like family guys who like have love for everyone and will give the shirt off their back for you. And people can change, you know, yeah. people can learn and, people fuck up yeah uh and that's that seems to be at where where like a lot of people i watched dynamite this week and it started with them showing the the graphic at the top of it but it seemed like a lot of other wrestling fans were maybe expecting a bit more from this show and that kind of is what seems to be stemming from this whole well we don't want to really reference these people on on tv on tbs which which pissed a lot of people off I, I I understand it. When I watched it as a fan, I saw wrestlers and friends of this person wearing armbands. And I was like that, that, you know, definitely Eddie Guerrero vibes when everyone was wearing the EG armbands back in the day. And I was like, oh man, like these people are, are definitely hurting. This, this guy was their friend and it's got to suck to do this. They didn't really touch anything else on it. I'm sure they mentioned on commentary a few times, but they did not really like do that. And I think that pissed a lot of wrestling fans off that they were maybe expecting more. I know they filmed after the show went off the air. They did film this like Ring of Honor, like kind of tribute show. And, and, and that's, that's awesome. But we didn't see that at home. If you kept your TV on, you saw Dana White's slap fighting contest show thing, which did horribly, by the way. So don't tune in next week. Make sure you turn off your channels yeah. when you finish Dynamite on Wednesdays, please. And I mean, I don't know if you've been following the news, but since New Year's, everyone's been talking about the greatest fumble of, hmm, should I start a show about people slapping each other? No, but I'm going to do it. Okay, how do I promo it and get people talking about it? I don't know. What if I slap someone to promote it? Like, it's got to be the worst handling of something. And yet people were watching this and, and, and felt, well, that's okay, but... The other way around isn't. And I totally can see why people are upset at this. This is the same, being one of the same company that still has Ezra Miller employed. Yeah. Like months after, what, imprisoning people and guns and all that shit in yeah. what, Mexico or Hawaii. Or, like, it's so many double standards. And yeah, yeah and uh, I guess it's a star level. Or whatever, like they've they've already filmed That's this life, power it? shit yeah, stuff. Of course. Like it's of course it's life. How That's... powerful men get away with more than less power? You know, it's like you know we don't talk about Steve Austin. You know, and Mike Tyson appears and exactly, it's exactly conversation. You know, you can't expect life to be black and white either. But it is strange that like the for whatever reason the Briscoe issue is just a you know a hard black and white issue for TBS. And I'm gonna say you know absolutely you know credit to Tony Khan for doing what he did with the memorial show and trying to do you know even just by continuing to use the briscoes that wasn't a great position to be in but you know he gave them a job in roh and he's he's tried and you know all credit to tony khan for it it's a really hard one you know i've had to kind of bottle my emotions on it because i felt very strongly about the issue last week and we talked like uh, davy said we talked about it on our grapple weekend show and you know the the 
it, the issue kind of boils down to, I think, Jay Briscoe's, you know, we can't hide from it. What he tweeted was horrendous. And, mm. you know, I'm old enough to be of being around at the time on Twitter when it happened and was one of the people condemning him for it. He was rightly condemned. He was rightly punished. He rightly apologized for it at the time, and he rightly apologized any other time it it came up since. It cost him a WWE deal. They took that ROH belt off him early because of it as well. I think he was fine wages, you know. And and in the years since, you know, because he, I think I think the issue here is that he he's not the type to have been performative about it. Like he's gone away and done the work, and you know, he's you hear like an Ian Riccoboni with John and Way, and you hear other people in the you know people in the LGBT community talk about it. Like this is a man that clearly changed, and it was clearly a a good family man. And I think unfortunately, the the world we live in sometimes we can. We can boil a human being down to their worst moments. We can boil a human being down to to a tweet, like, and that's what it is. And uh, and you know, ignore the fact, you know, all the good they're doing, you know, in their real life, and all the the good they're doing to to other people they know, and not really. I think maybe there's a lesson to be learned here about forgiveness and rehabilitation. You always, I think, we've always got to got to leave at least the room for that, even if you know you feel strongly about what Jay said and you're you're unwilling to budge on that. I think as a society, we've got to have a more of an openness to that and. That is the sad thing. We talk about the Briscoes getting their flowers. Like, you know, I can't help but look at Twitter and think, God, you know, if only Jay Briscoe could see this, because a lot of the tweets that are flying out wouldn't have been tweeted, you know, a week ago mm. um, because of the, the controversy surrounding them. And it's just, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes we live in this black and white world. And I think the world itself is a lot more gray than that. And maybe there's some positive we can maybe learn from this uh, really horrible experience yeah there's another it's such a cliche thing to say but you know give people flowers while we still can while they're still here because like yeah i'm sure the briscoes got a lot of awesome messages from a lot of wrestling fans and wrestlers alike the past year with you know the big feud and, and the matches that everyone were just you know gushing over but you know now the fact that someone is gone it takes that to have everyone go man i love these guys like oh man it's it, it is it, it's like that with anything right like i said I, music and 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 all sorts of stuff so uh it, it it was nice to see a lot of wrestlers uh specifically a tweet from Effie that was like man mm-hmm. if you're right Benno, if jay briscoe were to see that tweet now yeah like he he would have really respected that and appreciated that um it's 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 a it's a whole sad situation. The 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 Warner stuff with the Dana White stuff, I'm just like, man, cut that. They should have cut that show right away. They should have just like not have done that show. It won't be long. Yeah, it won't be it won't be too long. Wait till the the third week when it completely drops and I don't know, someone gets slapped off their head and uh gets concussed or something. I don't know. I did not watch it. Uh <laughs> I I'm I'm not like I totally see it and working in TV and, and media. And that's the way the world is with power and all that stuff. But something as a wrestling fan this week, at least is, is looking back at like, yeah, this person was an actual human being. And I'm definitely hoping and praying that the, the rest of the family and the kids are, are going to come out of this. Like, okay. You know, you know, for now with yeah. the whole situation, but looking back as, as a wrestling fan who have let the Briscoes into my life, watching them for, for years, I had like streams of memories come into to my brain of just like, man, I remember going to see them fight these guys and and do all that. And uh, I definitely want to pick pick your brain because I'm sure you've seen them live a few times as Benno. Like I, I know you've traveled to to some Ring of Honor shows like way back in the day. So when it comes to like some some moments and memories, I want to I want to celebrate. And I, I would ask anyone else in the chat or if you're listening to this on delay on, on audio form. 
t- send in your your favorite moments and stuff because I I have a bunch that come to mind. And before you you maybe think of some Benno, I got a shout out the time I went to Border Wars at the Ted Reeves Arena. I can't remember when it was, but it was the Briscoe Brothers versus the world's greatest tag team, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Yeah, they were in Ring of Honor. And it was, uh, I want to say, some sort of street fight or something like that. But I'm with a group of friends. And one of my friends is in a wheelchair. I've told this story many times years ago on a podcast. During the fight, we decided to take the one of the wheels off my friend's wheelchair and hand it to the Briscoes, who then used it as a weapon in this match. And then when he gave it back to us, he said, sorry, it's got Charlie Haas's blood on it. <laughs> so we put the, put the wheel back on my buddy's wheelchair, and he was, like, ecstatic that this had happened. And then uh, after the show, we saw them a- outside the venue, and we, we went up to them and talked to them, ended up having a sesh, and it was they were just, the, like, the nicest guys ever. And to have made my friend in the wheelchair just have this, like, amazing experience that he always references to his friends. He even bought the DVD so that he could find the spot where he gives him the, the we give the wheelchair wheel and everything like that. Like to him, he, he has, he has multiple photos with them. He, ever since then, like he became a huge Briscoe's fan. And that's something that sticks with me in, in my brain all the time. And uh, I don't know how long it took to get Charlie Haas's blood off that wheel, but it was on that Did wheel. Did he try? Did he really try? He was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep it on there. I was like, it's kind of gross, dude. But yeah, that was a, a moment that always sticks in my head. <laughs> I've had quite a few friends who are either like wwe fans or like ex-wrestling fans like quite a few people knowing me as like the wrestling guy yeah ask me like being asked me at work and customers and things what's what was the deal with this this briscoe guy what happened and and like a few have been like oh i kind of want to check out his matches and i'm we're always yeah come over we'll throw on a match yeah. like we invite people over and yeah it's definitely been a thing where people are like oh i've I, all I keep on hearing is how fantastic this guy was like, and I, I want to check out more of him now. And even WWE going to the lengths of acknowledging him on SmackDown on NXT um, shows like how big of a star he, he and his brother are without, without ever being on national TV or WWE or anything. Um, What are some, some highlights for you? Have you, have you been able to stomach watching any like old Briscoe matches this week or what have you uh, kind of, yeah. What, how would you celebrate? What are what are your matches or moments? Yeah. I've been collating some stuff like putting together, like it's, it's such a wide ranging career. It's, it is, it's, you can pick like any moments in the career, like for a live experience goes, like I've seen them work each other on a King of Europe cup show here in Liverpool, seen them against the young bucks here in Liverpool, which was great. They had a, a match, um, the same night as Nigel Beginnis and uh, and Brian Danielson with the uh, with the ring post uh, spot where you can see a, a young me uh, almost being sick in the background of that one front <laughs> row. Um, I was also front row for them two uh, against uh, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong, which if it was on any other show, people would be talking that up as if, you know, like they two not talk up Nigel and Brian. That was a close to five star match in itself. Um, so I'd throw that one out there. But so much of that career, like their stuff in Noah, um, they had a tag match with uh, I think Suzuki and Ricky Marvin, um, which was widely regarded. I remember seeing that on the uh, the wrestling channel uh, over here that uh, that Davey might remember a lot. 
Um, their, their singles matches against each other were always fun, like no matter no matter when they were. There's a, I think there's a couple of really great uh, matches with the the kings of wrestling, um, uh, Claudio and uh, and Chris Hero. But the biggest, I'd say, the biggest place to go. People have never seen it. The stuff they did with Kevin Steen and El Generico, like that. You know, there's a really famous ladder war match from ROH that people should check out. But there's a street fight. I think it's in Boston a few months before. That's probably the best match of the series. And this is like 2007 era when, you know, Steve and Generico are, are still very young and coming into you know the tail end of the, the peak ROH year. And that was probably the best stuff, you know, in that ROH era and as, you know, the, the last few Gabe years and uh, towards the end of kind of that peak era, they kind of kept that dream alive. But yeah, I could, sit, I could name twenty matches. There's so much. That's that's a starting point. But yeah, they didn't they didn't really have bad matches. They were reliable over these twenty years. They didn't have dips in form. They were they were just always great. The promos you could sit there for an hour and watch promos like that. You know the stuff with Papa Briscoe, all of that. You could literally <laughs> spend three hours on YouTube watching all of those clips. Yeah, we we rewatched the the, the ladder was match the other day, and um, it's the definition of just no fucks given in that no. match like especially seeing seeing like Sami Zayn today in this honorary oos yeah. role and the the sweet lovable Sami Zayn we all just want to be oh i just want you to to be good and and just seeing him just fucking eat chairs like yeah smacking people ladders. in the head not giving a shit with these ladders yeah the j driller threw a ladder is something oh, that boy. with me yeah another thing is uh butterfly underhooked Pile driver forever be called the J driller now. I think uh, wrestling fans yes. can agree on that. That will forever call the butterfly driver a, a J driller. I think everyone's okay with that. That's cool. I, I love I love all those matches. When I, I like Briscoes were were I remember going to a Ring of Honor show just recently, like uh, right before the pandemic. When when WWE did SummerSlam here, they did a Ring of Honor show. And the attendance wasn't very good. It was kind of like for a Ring of Honor show, it was empty. But it's when they like got all their talent like rated right mm. before then. So really, the Briscoes were like kind of the only, like you said, reliable names. The Maple Leaf Gardens. It was at Maple Leaf Gardens. So we went and the show itself is OK. Ring of Honor was really struggling. But the main event was the Briscoes in yeah. some sort of ladder war. So like instantly, that's what I told myself, well, I, I'm going to go for that. Like everything else on this card, I don't really care. Matt Taven, don't really care. But the Briscoes, I, 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 I'll go see that. Worth the price of admission. And it was, in fact, that. I've seen them live at probably most Ring of Honor shows. This week, I was definitely digging like, okay, what shows was I at? And then I'm like, Briscoe's there. Jay Briscoe singles title match there. I'm like, man, this guy, I've seen him wrestle live like more than a hand, like 20 times probably. So uh, definitely you got it. We got to give flowers while people are alive. Cause I, I really looking back, I'm like, man, he was, he was stealing the show this time and they were stealing the show at this show. And there's so many different matches that I, I love back. And, and this week we have been watching a few and we have our, our friends in the, in the YouTube room, all giving their kind of memories and stuff at the moment. We've got Andrew McDonald saying Seth Rollins talked about how important they were. And yeah, in his ROH debut, Seth Necro Butcher and Jimmy Jacobs hung him up and oh, yeah. he bled all over Jimmy, uh, which we did talk about in our, Man up review. Yeah. Uh, John Ceno saying was there for Jay's last match for House of Glory. And it's so appropriate that his last match was dropping the titles and giving new talent the shine and spotlight, even with politics in the way. 
and uh, and then our good friend Jordan Goodman, who knew Jay Perf personally through working in ROH, says his favorite memory was eating sushi in Fort Lauderdale with Jay on the venue stage while watching Cody versus Rocky and Taven versus Flip through an open curtain. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Got to get that Matt Taven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's it's really nice to see uh, everyone kind of give their thoughts on on this person. And considering it, he he never was on TV as as I've seen it covered everywhere. Mm. I work at a, a local news station. They covered this mm. story, even though most people wouldn't you know know who this person was. Once you, in the, when it comes to wrestling, you talk to someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling, and they find out you're a wrestling fan. They're going to be like, "Oh, wrestling! So like, you go watch The Rock, or like, what? You, Stone hmm. Cold, Hulk Hogan." And you're like, yeah, like there's so many layers to this thing that you have no idea. So it is cool to kind of see, because you imagine, right? Like say like a news producer at, at so-and-so might be a secret wrestling fan. So it's like, okay, I got to get this like story out there. So it was interesting seeing it. I've always said wrestling's like music or film or whatever. There are genres. You, you, no one's just like, oh, like I like music. So, oh, so you, you must just listen to Michael Jackson. Well, no, actually I like, you know, heavy metal or I like, yeah rap or whatever it's same with wrestling it's so broad because i'm sure there are styles all of us like there are styles all of us don't like and there there are going to be wrestlers that aren't on our radar and are completely on other people's radars and things like that's that's wrestling is just the title of what it is yeah. and there's hundreds of genres and stuff so definitely if if you haven't checked out jay briscoe's work i'm sure so much is going to be being put out for free yeah out there like you can find all this stuff pretty easily now uh absolutely uh go any before we kind of move on benno is are, are there any other sort of final words I, i'm sure we're going to be talking about uh jay briscoe coming up in the next few weeks as we're getting more news and stuff and i'm sure you'll be probably doing your own show at some point but any kind of final thoughts before we move on yeah definitely it's like you know obviously we all definitely need to keep the family in our thoughts you know they're not out of the woods yet so you know definitely yeah keep keep uh you know one eye on that and definitely uh, i think everyone's uh thinking the same there and yeah it's just it you know great to see all the celebrations uh only the closing thought really is mark briscoe i really hope you know i hope it's not the end for mark briscoe mm. um it's obviously not I'm sure it's not a conversation you know right now that to, to have for, for him but you know let's hope that you know if he's okay maybe it's not no, not the ideal circumstance, but maybe we get to see him in a ring again. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm hoping for that, uh, that that comes out of this as well. But yeah, just yeah, overall, it's just uh, it's nice to see the wrestling community come together. You know, it's good to see. You know, even in this horrible circumstance, all of the uh, the good words for uh, for Jay Briscoe and yeah, mainly uh, thoughts with uh, with Mark and their, and their family. Yeah, I can only imagine Mark Briscoe, man. All the all the thoughts to this dude, I. I don't know if we'll see him wrestle for quite a while. I I don't know how you. I don't know how to. I would handle that, and then trying to be still in somewhat of a spotlight uh, would. Yeah. Would I? You know, they're still human beings. These people, so uh, very tough. But all the all the good vibes to the the Briscoes and go watch your favorite Briscoe matches. Go watch the pro the promos in the past. Wow, man, those I've been watching on Twitter because people have been fishing them out and putting them up, and they've been giving me some yeah. some um, some chuckles <laughs> where they just. There's one where I love when they're talking trash and it's Mark doing something crazy in the background. Yeah. <laughs> doing kung fu in the garage. I don't know. And then it's like Briscoe's. Uh, yeah. Good shit. Go watch them. Go find them. Perfect package. Well, yeah. Yeah. Shout out the Briscoes. Uh, shout out Jay Briscoe. Pour one out. Reach for the sky, boy. Yeah. Well, it's 
it's quite tricky to kind of transition from this to our other topics, but we're we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be abrupt. But and we really don't want to be talking about this fucking guy anymore. But yeah, more more Vince McMahon oh. news. Uh, Benno, you, you said earlier like powerful men can get away with stuff. Well, a, a settlement has come with with a multi million dollar settlement with Rita Chatterton, and I mean. Uh, that must mean Vince is innocent, right? If he's just paying her millions and millions of dollars, that that must mean he he absolutely didn't didn't do uh, yeah. what he's accused of yet. Like this is uh, this came back what nineteen eighty six the um the accused yeah. rape of Rita Chatterton, and uh, it seems like it's finally kind of come to an end with this this huge settlement. Um, this is like some some movie shit here. It's more succession shit from Vince McMahon here. Sorry. So he's got allegations that were never, ever brought up, really. He's never meant – that's not been something that's been apparent to your casual wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. It's only something I learned about in the past few years. Like, oh, sorry, this is something that's just been kind of swept under the rug here for a long time. How is it that all of a sudden this is settled with money, of course, when – he needs this to go away for other reasons that make, you know, make it important for him. And that's just something that you don't need to be a wrestling fan. You don't need to know a lot about Vince McMahon to just put two and two together here with your common sense. So what's a few million dollars to a billionaire as well? Like it's (laughs) just insane, man. So like, like you said, what else is there to be said when wrestling fans who kind of are in the know and you, you just had to watch wrestling for the past 20 years to kind of know the person who Vince McMahon is. I'm not talking about the character, Mr. McMahon, because I don't think he knows which is which when it, when you're looking at these stories and stuff. So for, for someone like, for, for just looking at it, reading a story, you don't, you don't need to, to under, you, you kind of figure out this guy is not good <laughs> to, to, to put it in layman's terms. Anyone making excuses for Vince at this point where it's like, Oh, you know, the, the, the lion, what? All of these women and all of this, like you, maybe you can look at one incident and take it, take Vince's side. I wouldn't agree, but fair enough. Once, like, like how many millions has this man spent now on silencing all these different women? Like, you, all you these spas all over the country just happen yeah. to make up the ho- same story, do they? Like, it's that's ridiculous. And I think the biggest thing is they're gunning for a sale. Like, I, I was doubtful that they really, really wanted to sell. But you see the office cutbacks they've made this week. This is the type of thing you do when you want to make a sale. He's just cutting these loose ends. It's He's cutting a check to get rid of it and move on. And it's, you know, in his mind, maybe, or in the, the company's mind, they can leave that behind and move forward with a sale. But it is, it's just gross, isn't it? Just to, just to see and, and be a part of or hear that Nick Khan interview last week where he's talking about it. Like Vince was a, a wrestler that was injured and on the shelf for six months. Like he's coming back for the Royal Rumble as a surprise. Just like this little roadblock in the way, yeah, like the way he brushed it. I like the, the media. These journalists piss me off as well because they never take. Wait, are we talking about real journalists who are covering the stories or are you talking about wrestling journalists? Sorry, like people beat around the bush, like scared of saying the word. Like the accusation is rape. Like why why are we like beating around the bush about this? Like in these, this, this interview with Nick Khan, like it's, I I believe they're quite pally, the, the, the journalist and Nick Khan, but like. Take them to task. Like, no, sorry, this isn't a roadblock. This wasn't, you had, you know, you had a minor, like, Ankle health injury. 
issue for a couple of months and now you're back. No, you, you've yeah. been accused of rape and sexual assault multiple, multiple times and spending a fuckload of money to, to brush this under the rug. Like, it's, it's disgusting. This, this week, look, I mean, again, wrestling fans, we all had our things of, oh, you know, that's what we know about Vince. But, like, imagine the stuff we don't know about Vince. It's been a conversation I've had with wrestling friends since I got into wrestling. Think of the Attitude Era, the character. Yeah. You're like, whoa, this is what this guy's doing. I remember, you know, obviously I'm a lot younger. I, I praise 2005 being my favorite year of WWE. I remember watching 2005. WWE, you know what things Vince has done on camera in that year specifically? That is a terrible year for Vince McMahon. He says the N-word on a TV show, on a pay-per-view. He has multiple, you know, divas basically, like, fucking him on camera. That's on camera. That is on screen. You can only imagine the way this guy acted when the cameras weren't rolling, when doors were closed. So that that's just like... Pitching an incest angle with yeah, his daughter. Yeah, like, it's like, like, think of all the sick things the sick fuck has gone through in his life, and now he's deciding to, to, to close up loose ends. No, he's doing it because he's a monster, is basically what it is. So yeah, he created Hulk Hogan. He created Stone Cold. Cool, we can move away. Wrestling is, can definitely like move on from, from this person, I hope. But every week... It seems that is not the case. And every week we still keep talking about Vince McMahon because he's the fucking cockroach of this shit. He's just never going away. And if the rumors are he's doing all this stuff so that he can sell it to this person or he wants to get it investors from Saudi or, you know, all this crazy shit. Like, I don't even put anything past him at this point. So, yeah, we, we've just had uh, I, and I don't have the names in front of me, but just had some office cuts as well, which kind of. Yeah, leans you in the direction of thinking a, a sale is imminent too. Yeah. As soon as Steph left, dude, I was like, something's cooking over there. Something bad is happening, and she knew that if she stays, she's gonna get sued because of it, and she's gonna, she's probably gonna come back and, and be chummy with her dad. You know, she she went on SmackDown and did thank you Vince, which I makes me almost gag. Look, looking back at it's just ridiculous. I, at this, point, I I can't see her coming back until Vince is gone. Things aren't Personally. rosy there, I don't think. Like no. you look between the lines and the you know the the fact that they voted against things to come back and then he comes back and all of a sudden she's leaving again. She says one thing pu- publicly, but I think uh, Shiv Roy has got some other uh, things going on in the background there. There's definitely some bedroom conversations between <laughs> Stephanie and Triple H that haven't been uh, too positive around Vince lately. I, I honestly think she's seen Vince for what he is over this last yeah, while. I think like so. uh, that's a hunch. She's seen, you know at this hero she grew up with. She's seen all these allegations. She's seeing that like you know this man when he retired he wasn't going to play golf you know he's got he's got nothing else to do other than to force his way back into power and if that comes at the expense of his son his son-in-law his own daughter he's gonna do it and yeah i think that's maybe even been a wake-up call for stephanie of all people um over the last month or so and by all accounts is the the talent the locker room seem to actually really like steph and she does seem to be someone who who has their back so i i can certainly see um They've they've had these repeated talent meetings, kind of to try and convince everyone that it's everything's okay. okay. But I I feel a lot of talent must be feeling a little like nervous about stuff right now too. You you couldn't you couldn't imagine some of the talent what they've been feeling, especially with rumors swirling of sales to this person or to this group to the, like you who 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 knows as fans you know we're all like oh imagine if they sold here imagine like working there imagine having disagreements with certain things and it, mm. 
it's just all crazy. It's like a, a giant movie and it's, it's all over wrestling. One of the silliest fucking things ever to be created on this earth. And it's all about fucking wrestling. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's nuts. So when people go to you, you know what? No, I find it in a weird way. I, am I crazy? This year, the Royal Rumble, right? Next week, we'll get into Rumble predictions before we end the show, I swear. But for me, I've had a few friends who don't watch wrestling for like 15 years. Because Vince McMahon has been in the news on your MSNBCs, your CNNs, this story has been covered for the past few months, right? Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah, wrestling. Huh. And then they do a little quick Twitter search, Google search. Oh, SmackDown's still a thing. Okay, maybe I'll watch SmackDown now. Maybe I'm going to tune into this. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I've had friends go, I saw Vince McMahon was in the news, uh, something going on. When's that? They still do the Royal Rumble? Yeah, when is that? Uh, well, there's one next week. Oh, you know what? I'm going to watch that. So in the craziest, weirdest thing, it's actually probably attracted some fans back to wrestling. It's it's also, uh, going back to these these casuals I talked to about yeah. earlier who were asking about Jay Briscoe, like when the, the news of Vince coming back happened, I say to one of the guys in the kitchen, oh, Vince is back. And he goes, ah, fuck. <laughs> and this other guy in the kitchen's like, great. How can you have WWF? He calls it without Vince McMahon. And then I tell him everything <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah fuck that guy. But yeah. I, I think so much yeah. of the audience are on that side where they, they maybe don't know because, again, like, okay, it's in your Wall Street journals and your uh, wrestling media outlets if you seek them out. But, like, it's it's still not, like, at, it, it's still not on the level. Like, and these, again, these journalists are not taking them to task and that yeah. kind of thing. It's It's so crazy. Look, Dana White is on film is on camera slapping his own wife twice in that in that clip that you can see and he still has a show where people are slapping people vince mcmahon doesn't have anything really on camera that could be so damning yeah he's said and done shit on raw and smackdown pay-per-views like i said on screen but nothing like clear as day that's also you know scripted it's drama there's the argument well actors are doing awful things in movies they're playing a part so there is always that argument there yeah and wrestling is always in that weird gray area because it's well it's it's sort of half real it's half scripted it's all this weird so there's no there's no like video that that these news outlets are running that instantly says look this guy's a terrible person so you wouldn't know if you don't like know or search it and stuff like that so it's it's crazy he won't be not involved in WWE, it seems, until the day he dies. Like, yeah. which is how we all figured, anyways. We mm-hmm. wrestling fans were like, "This guy's never going to leave WWE," and the only way he's going is if he's ten toes down. And it that still that still seems the way now with him yeah. back and forth, flip flopping, nonsense, all this stuff. But I guess we'll see. Twenty twenty three is going to be a pretty wild year for for the silly thing called. It's wrestling. not even the end of January. It's not even the end of January. <laughs> yeah, and shit's wild. Twenty twenty two is bad enough. Yeah. Shall we get into some nice stuff? Yeah, I'll talk about something nice. Yeah, let's talk about something nice. We had a pretty nice match this week on on Free TV. Brian Danielson running this gauntlet of yeah. matches before he faces MJF at Revolution. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, sound like uh, what, what did what did someone call us on the post wrestling uh, AEW shills? shills right, yeah. but like if 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 the Vince McMahon stuff pisses you enough off, like yeah, there's so much other shit to go watch. So thankfully. Dynamite is something I love watching every yeah. week. I'll be a shill till uh, till TK gives me some free tickets, which he has not done. <laughs> this this match was great, and I'm loving this Danielson 
run. Right, oh, like yeah. it, it's when Danielson first came in, he was just doing, yeah, I'll I'll have a match on Rampage, I'll have a match with Suzuki on on YouTube, like he was doing all these things, and then we got into the kind of the weird heel turn and the Hangman feud, and like I I still like I, I enjoy his tag matches and stuff, but we drifted away from the fact that this is one of the, if not the best wrestler on the planet who retired and is back, and we don't know how long we've necessarily got him for before he retires again. Can we just get these dream matches out the way? And God bless MGF, the biggest baby face in wrestling, who's gone, yeah, I'll face you at Revolution if you can just have banger after banger after banger, to to quote Seamus. And well, I I loved this Bandido match. Uh, Benno, what, what were some of your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm happy to praise it. I mean... We we get a lot of criticism on our podcast for hating AEW, but it's like when it's bad, we say it's bad, and when it's good, we say it's good. Like that's that's just life, and I know you guys are the same. I know you guys have uh, have criticised them plenty, you know, during that little ROH period and the weird Forbidden Door period as well. When it's good, we'll say it's good. And the only free tickets Tony Khan's ever gave me to Rampage and Dynamite, he wouldn't give me a pay per view ticket. <laughs> the, uh, the status that Steph's got, so I'm still um, still bitter about that. So. That's Rampage and Dynamite more than us. <laughs> 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 I had to fight for that one as well. I'll, I'll have a word. Um, you shill, <laughs> you shills. No wonder you praise AEW so much. No, I'm joking. That's how it seems. But no, it's it has. It's been great AEW the last you know six to eight weeks. Like the booking's been a lot better. The show is focused on you know better things at all it it feels a more focused show focusing on a few main characters rather than you know bringing in random roh tag teams and such and one of the highlights like you say it's been this brian run like absolutely right david it's like you know the thing they were getting right earlier last year was just every dynamite or even rampage felt like it had a big danielson singles match and if we didn't get that we had a big punk singles match that's all you need to do it's not complicated like Mm. i don't i have some issues with the danielson mjf story in that i don't really buy Danielson really wants to be world champion anymore. Like, if you listen to any interview with him in real life, he just doesn't really care about that. That man wants to go out there and have great matches. But the thing this feud's given us, as you say, it's just going out there and, and working great wrestlers. It's not complicated. Put him in the ring, boots and trunks, fifth, you know, sign away 20 minutes of your show every week, and Danielson's going to have a banger. And that's what we're getting. And yeah, this one was just just as far as like a bit of a styles clash as far as Danielson getting to do a bit of lucha which he's talked about for years as wanting to do with the weird you know technical stuff and and reversals at the start of the match and you know that bridge he did to to, to power out of uh, oh yeah bandido submission all those little weird moments it was you could tell he was having the time of his life this is what he wants to do this is what he left WWE to do is to go out there and be this you say wrestling is art be this artist which is what Brian Danielson is bandido very much in that Takeshita role as well where i i don't know if he's won a match on tv yet but uh every time just so so creative and different from all the other wrestlers on the show um and just putting him putting him against anyone is interesting to me uh, and this yeah this definitely he, he's kind of disappeared a little bit since that jericho match a couple of months ago and just putting him right back on everyone's radar Again, with this match, I, yo, I, Danielson has just been crazy. Someone on Twitter put up just every graphic of all the matches he's had so far in AEW. And like, yeah, all, pretty much every single one is a banger. Uh, starting from the Kenny match all the way through to this Bandino match. I'm looking and I'm like, man, I liked every single one of these things. They were probably the highlights of each show that he was featured on. 
Uh, I, I love the fact that uh, it does seem like it's a, an attraction. Like the art of the wrestling is he doesn't care about the being the champion. He just wants to put on bangers. And to some people, you do need a reason why these two guys are fighting. You know, what's the storyline here and this and that. And Danielson uh, makes it so simple. Is like, I'm, I'm a wrestler. I'm an athlete. This is, I want to be the best. And I prove that by beating everyone else who claims to be the best. And, the past two weeks, the past three weeks, that Takeshita one d- definitely blew my mind as well. I think that guy's following in the footsteps of Danielson pretty much, like just becoming someone who's just puts on actual great wrestling. But the the run AEW's had right now, I am super invested. I, I have been since AEW started. And and I know uh complaining about WWE and Vince McMahon, this and all that, like there is this great alternative that you can completely forget about everything going on in WWE and, and still be just a huge wrestling fan. And uh, being the AEW shill that I am, I sing its praises every single week because even if it's a bad show, it's something that I do check out. I think back to the greatest year in wrestling of 2005, every Monday night, right? Like I'd skip, you know, my Monday night would be, I got to watch Raw. I haven't spent a second on a Monday night being like, oh, I got to know what's going on. No, I'll find out on Twitter in two seconds because I don't care. Still enough, even in today's age. Whereas Wednesdays, I usually make sure I have my Wednesday nights clear. And if I don't, well, I'm watching it right away when I get home because it's something that's like must watch viewing for me. And I, I, that's just something it is. So when you announce Danielson versus whoever next week, which I don't think they have, uh, it's cage, it's Brian cage. Brian cage. Oh, right. Dude. Like no one would ever think to book that match, but it's probably going to be amazing. Yeah. Cage is someone who's definitely like, doesn't come across as a, a star to me at this point, but, he he's a pretty exciting wrestler to watch. And I, I think, again, it's Danielson. Put him against anyone. Uh, Benno, are, are there any kind of people you'd like to see Danielson face on this on this kind of gauntlet, on this run to revolution? Good question. I, I'd love to see him just back in there with, you know, your Lee Moriarty's and your, your, your Daniel Garcia's and your Wheeler, Wheeler Utah himself. You know, maybe MJF could do that. Like, I'm going to put you in there against your students. Like those types of mm. like yeah weird technical matches, I think I'd enjoy. But it's Danielson versus anybody at this point, I'm I'm no by no means a Brian Cage fan. I think he's he's the type of guy who just I think everyone sees what he looks like and sees what he can do athletically and thinks oh I'll try and push him and then it never really works because mm. he is he's just missing something, isn't he? As a wrestler, but this is Brian Danielson we're talking about. He'll go out there and have a four star match with him, nailed on next week. So I'll take him against anybody on this run of four. Uh, thinking off the cuff, like uh, Danielson Andrade, obviously Andrade might not even be in AEW you at this point but we i felt robbed that we never got that one uh i'm, I'm looking at phoenix. other ray phoenix, phoenix yeah. yeah penta any of those guys really any of the house of black guys instantly would be uh an, a draw for me literally anyone danielson versus anyone is a match that uh, has my attention jeff jarrett, jeff jarrett. Oh, take all my money <laughs> yeah. please that would be amazing that probably would still be pretty good don't even get it twisted the figure four uh, exchange slap battle, <laughs> book it instantly. Uh, I know Kyle O'Reilly's sitting out, but there's another one that uh, instantly, like the styles clashing, the, the similar styles there. I know I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but I wonder sort of, um, I, I think the times align that the uh, the New Japan US show, like you will have some talent over. I could see maybe like a Kenta Danielson, just you've got the whole story of the okay. Mystico knee and that kind of thing. I know Kenta's not the Kenta he used to be, but I still think that could be a pretty fun uh, TV match there. Um, we also had Darby Allen's kind of doing his own little 
going to Hey, there's right a now. match right there, man. Don Darby Don Daniels yeah. versus Danielson. Like, who's got to break someone's arm to, to that? Yeah. That would be the gimmick of that match. But yeah, battle for Washington. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Darby's been having this these since being TNT champion, just a run of really fun kind of dream matches himself uh, facing Kushida, one of our. Our favorites, one of our NXT boys back in the day. Um, Great in a, a pretty fun main event, I thought. Dude, I mean, the second they announced Kushida in a throwaway comment on like last week's show on Rampage or something to be like, hey, Kushida's going to be wrestling, by the way, which is great. We've been, we've been waiting for this guy to kind of. Uh, be free from WWE. He may, he took he took the chance in WWE. Didn't work out for him. They tagged him with Jiro, uh, and it was well. Ever since they put him in weekly segments in the bathroom, and then put him in actual old school wrestling gear. I think for a Halloween show, it was done. We knew right there, dead on arrival. He's not going to go forward being anything else here in WWE. And then he went back to New Japan, and they kind of went, "Yeah, you left." So yeah, kind of missed jacket time. Yeah. <laughs> They just treated him like you're you're kind of not anything. And I know he's, you know, battling, uh, was it foot and mouth disease or mm. something like that. So uh, I'm just happy to see him wrestle. But to then just throw him instantly into a main event slot with Darby, which I thought that match was absolutely awesome. It just makes me want to see more of Kushida in AEW. And I know that uh, machine guns are tied up in impact, but the whole trio time machine versus the elite, like, please take all my money, TK. Just somehow book this match and... The, the the world will rejoice, but uh, Kushida, you know, losing to Darby is fine. He'll, he, I, I hope he does sign with AEW and continue to have bangers. But yeah, Darby back being TNT champion feels like the AEW I fell in love with. Well, what I love with this match as well is it shows Darby can do the wild shit, but he's a really good wrestler yeah. as well and could match Kushida with that and but still having that level of violence with the story story with the arm and taking the the arm submissions just to that next level recreating that uh like Kyle O'Reilly Kushida spot with the jump to the floor into the into the arm bar uh, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. So someone in the chat says Darby versus Kushida is a 2019 throwback. What a wild sentence. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I've never seen them fight before, but it's like in 2019, I was loving Darby's stuff and I was loving Kushida's stuff. So yeah, it's kind of cool to see them uh, tangle it up there. Uh, who, who else would you book uh, Darby in this run? Sorry, Benno. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I reckon Tony Khan's a big 2019 guy. He's a big, I reckon Tony Khan was a, uh, both an up next and a what's next listener because like he that, that guy loves him some proper black and gold NXT, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, he'll go out the way to bring in anybody from that era. Like on the quiet, he was definitely a listener, I think. He's a, Bro, he brought in yeah, two dimes. Cool. I mean <laughs> he brought in two dimes. Cole Carter. Biggest NXT mark there is, Tony Khan. Yeah. Uh, I would like so, they've so, announced so, yeah. Darby buddy for this week, and it's like, man, oh, okay. that sounds great. So t- Tony Khan's, uh, oh, cool. Tony Khan's been, been Darby doing the Malachi right Black could be pretty, pretty great. Yeah, I imagine that's well. maybe where they go with that uh, feud. Uh, yeah, what what did you I make of the Kushida match? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Darby in this yeah, spot makes sense. It. Yeah, I loved it. It was a really good match. Um, you know, like I say, the big spot was the the big dive spot, and yeah, you know, it didn't do great in the viewership, so maybe that's a sign of a uh, an unfortunate sign of black and gold NXT. The uh, the fans didn't turn out to see uh, Kashida uh, in the main event, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. But I love that like Tony's putting Darby in these big spots. Like you know, I said earlier about the show feels more focused. It's people like Darby that I'm talking about. You know, there's people like Ricky and some newer guys like the the Tony Khan's definitely taking a shine to. 
But like Derby being heated back up is exactly what has been needed. Hopefully Eddie Kingston that happens to next because I don't know what's going on with that man's booking. <laughs> but like over the last year, Derby's just kind of been that guy that hangs around with Sting with not much to do. And then just all of a sudden now he's TNT champion again. Tony's right behind him. He's getting these big spots on shows. And yeah, long may I continue. This is where Derby Allen should be. Um, I'd love to see him wrestle Sting at some point. That's a, uh, that, okay. So we've been talking. Is that is that the revolution match or like event double or nothing or whatever? <laughs> Sting Derby title v career like Sting's one one singles match like no, not no one has to Sting turn claims. it's just he claims he's not wrestling him right Sting seems to claim he won't do it in the singles match yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he would I think he'd do it with Derby I think just do the do one anybody because he's built yeah, he's willing to do anything Darby says. He wears what Darby tells him to wear. He does the moves. That, like, half of those spots he's trying to 100% Darby ideas. He puts a, a lot of trust in that man. So I think that's got to be the, We're gonna uh, get the end game of this uh, this new Darby push. Sting versus Darby. And then when the match starts, Sting finally takes his T-shirt off to reveal he's the, fucking jacked. The Stingler. The Stingler. That, <laughs> that's all like, whenever I see him wrestle, I'm like, why are you... Why are you still wearing a shirt? Like, you, you are completely passable in a singlet. I just watched fucking Muta and Hakushi and all them with their their, their tits out, you know? So yeah. it's like, come on, Sting. You can, you can wear the stinglet. Uh, I just I just love the, the open challenge gimmick. It always works for me. When you had Cena doing that US title run, uh, Cody with his, his open challenge run, uh, it, it always works. And it's always, you know you're guaranteed to have an interesting match. And it's... It's always a way like like with Cena, you can you can put over like a a lower on the card guy. Like I remember he had a great match with Zack Ryder when Zack Ryder was very much a jobber at that point. And I, I just think it especially with the secondary title, it, it always works for me. Especially if you're putting on great matches. I yeah. mean the, the the reason probably why it didn't do so well is because Probably not a lot of people even know who Kushida is, yeah. and you just randomly called through to him. It would be better if the week before you played a video where he's getting out of a DeLorean looking at his watch, and then you go, oh shit, this guy's wrestling. That's all you needed to know. Instead, it was a throwaway comment on Rampage. Oh, right, I right, don't, that. don't normally yeah. watch, but I happened to be called off work that day, so I'm like, okay, I'll watch Rampage, and then I'm... Yeah, Double take yelling Kushida? 10, 10 things at you, and in that you're supposed to hear Kushido. Wait, sorry, what did you just say? So it is kind of like that's where the fault of, well, people don't know who this is, right? So why would they care? Darby is a draw for AEW. Darby is a character that going forward will be a world champion there one day because he just has everything, really, when I watch him. so He could be the one to take from MJF, to be honest. That yeah, I feel like that's that's... A long ways away, but not a far, not a far shout. Like, yeah, yeah I, I do see money in Darby Allen being one of their homegrown talents, which they called him that on the Noah show, mm. which uh, I agree with. Oh, I thought they were talking about Sting. There. Yeah, the homegrown AEW talent, Sting. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, we had a a little follow up from the Moxley Hangman match where uh, Hangman was interviewed by John Moxley's wife Renee Paquette and kind of putting over like they've. Like Renee saying that Mox kind of, you respects know, you. respects him and Hangman feels the same. And then it was it was kind of very, very serious. It felt very like Friday Night Lights. Very and and then Hangman, but, oh, can you tell John something? No, no, don't worry about it. He's going to tell him he's force sensitive or something. Is that what, what is he going to tell him? <laughs> I love you. What yeah. What is he going to tell him? I can't quit you. What was he trying to tell John Moxley. Yeah. But we'll never know. He's like, are you free? 
You free for Revolution? I imagine the third <laughs> match is at Revolution, yep. right? Some sort of maybe gimmick kind of knockout match, knockout match, fight pit, something mm. like that. What did Ernest the Cat Miller just have? One of those matches. Fight pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah do that. That would be all right. Uh, well, he didn't have it. He booked it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want you back. Uh, so so the Revolution card's looking pretty stacked. And if that going forward with this storyline, uh, Hangman can be a bit like, uh, th- what's, he's so different from other things. I think that's why he does work for me. But I could see a lot of wrestling fans being like, what is this soft soap opera type shit here? Like, let him let them know something for me. Oh, actually, never mind. It's I thought, very. I thought they both played it really well, but I think the thing is, it's when so much of the rest of of wrestling is a bit two dimensional and a bit cartoony. Right. It's often jarring when you've got this guy talking like a real human being with a little bit more depth. It can kind of feel like it's straying into melodrama, but I don't know if that's because the rest of the show is so like outlandish. Yeah. Uh, but I, I liked it, and I thought Renee played it really well, playing the, you know, I, I'm being professional, I'm doing my job, but also you you knocked out my husband a week ago, so I'm I'm concerned for my husband and his health and that sort of thing. Um, Benno, what what do you do? You like these kind of segments? I know I know we see it with the the whole Hangman and the Elite, where it gets a bit melodramatic yeah. at times. Does it work for you? It definitely gets a bit much for me at times with the elite, especially when it's you know the mid-match stuff that they'll they'll often do. It feels a little bit sorry, I love you, uh, mm. which is yeah, not really not really my thing. But yeah, it's interesting because I think I think Hangman Page is kind of the he's the main character of AEW, isn't he? Like yeah. it's almost like you know if we all the the last episode of Dynamite should be Hangman Page waking up from a dream, like it should be like that. You know that that's literally we've, we've lived this entire in the classroom, him. just sir, yeah, sir, you've fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Page. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It really does. Because it's it's all about, you know, his relationship with the elite, and we keep coming back to that, which I assume is what they were what he was alluding to about having, you know, things he needed to sort out. I've seen wild conspiracy theories that it was to do with CM Punk. And I would love that as a massive CM Punk fanboy, but I doubt that's the unfinished. I don't see that at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a far not. cry from that. I don't see Hangman and Punk being involved in any storylines ever again. No. <laughs> in no. a weird well, way. <laughs> maybe the Moxley tie in though is that he wants, you know, maybe the Black Club Combat Club will back them up in a, a match with the Elite or something. Because the Elite need like if they're gonna continue to be six man champions, you need to come up with prestigious matches for them. And yeah, Hangman leading a team against them is probably as as good as you could do in that. Hmm. You could tie that into the Moxley stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling there's a story with them being like very uh modern macho guys, which again I feel like AW does so differently from you know, I, I think of movies that have come out in the last 10 years. Not every character that's the badass dude from, like, older generation. It, things have evolved, right? Like, heroes now in movies are way more relatable and, like, emotional, sensitive, sensitive all that kind of stuff. And Mox and Hangman are the two characters in AEW in, in just in wrestling that are f- do fit, like, the more modern, stereotypical, manly thing that, like, you know, me as a 30-year-old man, I go, that's those are the guys that I, like, look up to, kind of, we kind of relate to kind of thing. But there's also the the you know drinking and getting clean storyline from both characters here that that's probably where he's he's referencing you know i'm not saying hey renee tell him i want to get a drink with him use his rep yeah like you know what i mean like maybe that's the kind of tie-in that they're gonna kind of 
connect them to, which then you just see them eventually being tag team partners. So maybe that's where you get rid of the Blackpool Combat Club and it's Hangman hanging out with Mox and I don't know, someone else where they're like a new group because you got to get rid of the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that has run its complete course. William Regal now in in interviews this week is like, yeah, I I thought I was going to AEW to kind of help them. And instead I found myself being on screen and that was it. So it's like, I think we can we can get rid of it. You don't even have the Blackpool to have a Blackpool Combat Club. I don't think club. you need Blackpool to have a Blackpool Combat Club though. Like it's I oh, like I, I don't mind them being as, <laughs> I don't mind them being associated with we Absolutely. I mean they've pretty much broken on up doing their own things yeah. now anyway. It's more like that's their their dojo that they yeah, yeah. they represent. That's okay. Like I, I don't think it's it doesn't feel like it's taken over TV anymore yeah. which it did for those few weeks after regal left yeah but yeah yeah i don't know i i i assume we're going to one more match between these two for sure Single. more like now it's a mutual respect look you've got to win on me i've got to win on you really loved the Let's last match it. that they had that was a pay-per-view worthy match on on dynamite that, that last week's dynamite with Takeshita danielson and hangman mox felt like probably one and then what the six men the ladder match that felt like probably the best dynamite they've ever done, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, in ring, yeah, yeah, in ring. Like that was that was a solid, uh, solid show. But yeah, uh, going forward to Revolution, you know, in Hangman Mox, you know, in the Iron Man match with MJF thing, we're probably getting a trios title match there. Like the pay per view is going to be pretty stacked, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Will we still get fourteen matches, even though we've got an hour long hour long main event? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking maybe intense. maybe Danielson loses to Cage, and it just doesn't happen. Cage gets if that, the- if that happens. Spare thought for us in the UK. And when, when you guys are watching that paper, and it's like, oh, there's still the main event to go. It's 5 a.m. UK time. It's just like, you know that's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's God. us watching Wrestle Kingdom the other the other week. Like, oh, wow, this is what you guys do every week? Holy shit. I, I remember uh, Revolution last year. I was in the UK, and I met up with a, a, a listener, Anne-Marie, to watch it. And we figured out the, the best bang for your buck at this bar was bottles of wine. Right. And uh, she got to the point where she was like, I'm, I'm done. I can't drink anymore. Whereas I was at the point where if I stop drinking, I will fall asleep. Yeah. So, and I <laughs> then go to the bar. I'm like, well, a glass of wine is this or a bottle. I guess I'm just getting a bottle of wine again. So. Yeah. You, that's great. I don't it's know how rough. you can stay It is rough. I don't know how I did it twice a week for those Dynamite and NXT I've- shows yeah i've I've witnessed davey uh, fall asleep at a pay-per-view party uh brayden you don't want to you don't want that in your life he was uh was it was it during the the, was it the first night of wrestlemania he'd fell asleep on the on the uh the couch we were all sat at and jp my co-host on grapple tried to uh play a trick on poor davey and wake him up davey literally woke up and swung for him so (laughs) don't mess with davey portman i don't know what you were dreaming about though that jp yeah (laughs) if davey was a wrestler his gimmick would be just falling asleep uh i um, we have a we have a lazy boy in our in our living room, uh, right. and I'll come home sometimes, and this dude will be passed out, and uh, I don't know. Cake on my lap, was... <laughs> yeah. You'll have a you'll have a whole rotisserie chicken on your lap, a cake beside you, and then I don't know a fucking fire in the kitchen because yeah. uh, he, he he loves to cook and fall asleep. So so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just just going to highlight uh, a message from Chris Elliott here. It was a cracking punch. Well, thank you. It really much. was. Thank you. Uh, join. I'll, join I'll send you the video. I've got it somewhere. Uh, yeah, but who would win in a fight, me or Davey? Ooh. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be your tag team partner in the corner, so I think uh, you'd end up winning that one. 
Oh, so only if it's two on one, you'll win. I, he I gets so that. mad because everyone thinks everyone says I would beat him up, and and uh, and yeah, I don't know. You didn't need to find a partner if I team with Benno. No, it would be me and you teaming against the grapple guys in a match. I guess it would be. Ooh, that'd <laughs> yeah. be fun. Yeah, we're a bit older though. I think you'd have us there. You'd have the cardio. <laughs> um, we had uh, uh, a bit of a heel turn this week from Soraya and Tony Storm. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Eddie Kingston heel turn. We'll get we'll get to that next. We'll get to that next. Uh, but yeah, Soraya, who I I think it's fair to say pretty unsuccessful run so far in AEW. Sure, like it's yeah. just been completely mishandled. I hope this is a step in the right direction. Just putting her in a role that she's probably going to be better suited. Um, but it, there's been a big disconnect with me, and even this heel turn kind of just felt. Not necessarily out of nowhere, it but it was. I don't well, know. I mean, it it been. I think it been teased, but I I think more people may be expecting the Sheeta heel turn, but just lazy. Oh I man, thought. so lazy! How cra- like the 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 fact she comes in here, cuts all these promos, and kind of messes the storyline up instantly. I, speaking for myself here, but right away I went, no, I'm not going to cheer for you, even though I'm a fan of you. I'm going to cheer for Britt Baker because she's the the hero in this story easily. They realize they fumbled that. They go, okay, we got we to gotta reconnect the course here. And then I don't know what the deal is. I'm sure we'll find out in weeks to come with Mercedes Monet. Mm. And was she supposed to show up here? Was she not? I don't know. But they changed course real quick. And this was their way out of it that they have them sitting down. And then Paige, sorry, Soraya turns and goes, the best wrestler, Tony Storm. And, and she just like, yo, what the fuck? I'm sitting right here. To then have a match where they just beat her up. No promo to do it. No, not just they just put the boots to her. I was mm. like, that is the laziest heel turn I've, I've I think AEW's possibly done. And then uh, I didn't watch Rampage, but then I saw that maybe <laughs> they repeat. They did a two for two uh, with Eddie Kingston. But I just thought yeah. it was so weird. You could have had a huge moment with Soraya turning. Mm. And it yeah. would, it shouldn't have been uh, it shouldn't have been that way. If anything, it should have been on Tony Storm. I know that we've now flip flopped because easily well, it, Britain... it seems they're building a like AEW Originals versus essentially WWE, right? Um, is what so it lazy. looks really like. Nice uh, you've got you've got <laughs> Athena who is playing heel at the moment as well. She's doing the ROH stuff. I wonder do do you think they're maybe gearing to do one of those big faction gimmick matches or? Anarchy in the arena or a blood and guts for the women this time. Like, because so you're, you're doing, you're starting to build up this, these sort of stables. I assume you're going to move Brit and Tony in the babyface role now, which it, it still, it still makes that muddy. Cause we like sorry, this, Brit and this, Jamie, Brit yeah. and Jamie, sorry, this Brit and Jamie yeah. match should have happened by now. This break should have happened yeah. by now. And we just keep putting it off for this, Soraya. Yeah, the, the focus should be more so like Jamie Hayter was the, the just re- going back 2005, Batista in the Triple H, right? Like she, she's become that like star that now everyone cheers for and, and everything. And instead of having Brit versus Jamie, which be the logical thing, they've now just like pussyfooted around to having now, no, Jamie is the good guy because everyone else now is bad. That's not how it works in real life. Just because they're bad doesn't mean instantly these people are good. That's old. That's what TNA used to do every fucking week. They'd be like, well, actually, no, I'm a bad guy now. So instantly I associate with other bad guys. It's like, mm. well, no, you actually hate them. So yeah. it's weird that they would go this route. I thought the the heel turn was lazy. And and Jamie Hayter should just 
should just go, you know what, Britt, I'm the champ right now. I'm, I have things to do. I have title defenses and go with that, go with that. And then Britt goes, you know what? I'm tired of being, I'm the star here. And then boom, you have yeah. a pay-per-view match. Huge, yeah. great story. Instead, you got Soraya and Tony dicking around. Dude, I, I don't even care about this storyline yeah. now. So they've definitely even made the storyline worse. It sums up the Soraya run, really. Like, she's came in, like you say, she's delayed the obvious Jamie Hayter turn, so we didn't get that. Now poor Tony Storm is, you know, she was getting booed because of who she was in the ring with. Now she's having to turn heel, and that's not really good for Tony Storm. And we're building into, yeah, this stupid faction warfare, warfare thing. This Soraya run's just been a bust. Like, I feel like yeah. I wasn't negative enough when she was coming in. Yeah. Like, I never thought this was going to work. She was, that was the secret of Paige. Like, she really was never that good. Like, she was good for the level. She was a good diva. Like she was a but she had she had dark hair, so she was a goth. Therefore, she wasn't a diva, but she fucking was for all intents and purposes. She just, you know, at the time the standard was low, so you know people boosted her up as this great wrestler. But she's came back, and like you look at you know the match, you know the stuff in ring, you know this week, uh, last week, and the entire run, she just looks, you know, several steps behind the the other wrestlers. Like she looks like you know in that that uh, the tag last week, she just looked like you know she didn't belong in a ring with with the other women. Mm. And I don't even think Britt Baker's that good. Um, she looks like she genuinely needs to go back to wrestling school. She just she's just not there in ring and as a character. They've had to turn a heel because she is so off putting and is such a you know a turn off as a character. And the promos have been bad. It's all desperate stuff really for someone who. Really isn't that big a star to begin with? It's just they blew they blew up the entire women's. But like you say, not that big a star. I know so many people, especially girls who have watched that Fighting for My Family film because it was on Netflix. So So many people when they when they hear, oh, you do a wrestling podcast. Do you know anything about that uh, page? Because I love that film. Like like a lot of people, and especially especially girls have talked to me about it, which uh, which is just. It makes this whole th- thing such a fumble from wh- whether whether she's like her quality in ring is there or not. I think you, you do have potentially a, a big star on your hands that has just not been handled in the right way at all. And within a couple of weeks, it's you see her on TV and it's oh, like you forget she's there and then she comes on and yeah. you groan. Yeah, I get like th- it's for, bizarre. Dave, Davey's totally right. I can't I can't think of how many times people have asked me about that movie. And again, specifically girls. Well, that movie was put on online. Like, yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, it's a, about a, a movie about a girl who wrestles. And especially okay, with cool. Florence Pugh now blowing up. And now people she's going and seeking yeah, out other stuff yeah. and finding this film. Exactly, and- that's exactly. People definitely go back and look at her other movies and go, what's this movie? And then they watch it. And you know what? It's a pretty fun film. I don't know if Vince Vaughn is supposed to be William Regal, but or Matt. <laughs> Bloom it doesn't really make sense, but you know it's a fun movie. But uh, the, the the smart fan in you watching that movie though, you're like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Uh, I can't <laughs> yeah. watch this movie. You just check yourself. It's a fun family movie, but yeah. you go okay. Like in wrestling, she's somewhat of a star. The way they brought her in, you go okay, cool. This could this could bring some different eyes and attention. As much as maybe we all hated it when she, you know, total divas helped bring in so many more women wrestling fans that started so much as you can deny it all you want. There's a reason why it did good. And the reason they pushed it is because it worked and how many, how many people it brought into watch wrestling. Now Paige was a big star of that. So her first promo coming in being like, I'm the big shit. 
fuck this small little pond. Britt uh, Baker sucks. I was like, fuck you then. I don't give a fuck then. Am I cleared? Yeah. Tune in. I don't know. I'm not cleared. <laughs> what, why should you watch? Also, uh, I have really bad takes online. It's like, why should I care about this person <laughs> at all? So instantly it died. And I was someone who's like, no, let's give this a chance and see where this goes. This could be good for AEW. I think it did the, uh, in, in fact, the exact opposite. Uh, and the same could be said. It it it, re- it reminds me because Benno, you're saying this all is like fucking up the the Jamie Hader Britt Baker stuff. In a weird way, it reminds me of when Hangman was champion, and they go, no, 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 CM Punk needs to be champion. He's the he's the the draw here. It's yeah. like, well, wait a second, can we not just finish this first and then go to this? Yeah, you said better. He he was the main character. Yeah, and yeah. and then it's oh, but I just. We just bought a seal. It's the same thing. Jamie Hayter is your women's champion. And for some reason, we're now focusing on some ex-WWE person who comes in and wants to sing her sob stories about this and that and then turns heel. Hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. And I'm totally, as much as I tried to be interested, it's like definitely like, nah, don't care. Yeah. Death on arrival. Benno. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to me about Eddie Kingston. Oh man! <laughs> I promise you, I've been really enjoying AW lately. I've had so many good things to say. This stuff, like, it's so beneath Eddie. Like, that's the one thing missing. I'm loving the matches on Dynamite. I'm loving most of the stories. Soraya aside, I'm loving the focus on wrestlers. The one ingredient that's missing is top of the card Eddie Kingston. He doesn't have to be the main eventer, but in the mix. Remember the remember the guy who went into the feud with Jericho. I want that guy back. Like, what are we doing? Like, he's turning heel on Rampage in an angle with Ortiz. Like, this is not the Eddie Kingston anybody wants, especially as well. I know you can't help it, but, you know, we're all seeing the footage from the Briscoe Tribute Show where he's holding up the J sign and he's being lovable Eddie Kingston. That's the Eddie Kingston. That's the real Eddie Kingston that we all want to see. Nobody wants to see him go back the heel route. No. I've, I've got a. It does look like it might be, you know, a, a red herring on the way to continuing the story with the House of Black. Maybe it's not a full turn, but it's B level stuff that should be beneath Eddie Kingston. I know you can't feature everybody on Dynamite, and there are guys that are going to, you know, where's Miro? You know, I'm sad about that, but you can't fit everybody in on on, on Dynamite. Tony's tried before, and I don't think it works out well. But you've got to do better by Eddie Kingston. Like, this stuff, it's my, outside of Zareya stuff, it's my least favorite thing in the company right now. Uh, Knockout Matt Hardy also, throw that in too. Kingston, he's someone who just can't hide his emotions at all, and I find that so infectious and endearing where you can't not root for this guy. Um, And whether you're a fan of him in ring or not, you hear him talk and it's like, oh man, I, I love this guy. And I, I think I was earlier when he was having that hot run last year with the Jericho feud, you're going, okay, I could see him having a title match at Queens after Ash. Like that seems perfect. I, I think there is a scenario where you could, he could be the guy to like take a MGF. Doesn't have to hold the title long. A Mick Foley kind of three week, one month deal. Just ha- give him that moment. But it seems as the weeks go, he's going further and further away from that. Whereas something's happened. he was like the hot. He still gets a monster reaction whenever yeah. you go to these shows. The crowd still love him, and I don't know if it's this 
this Sami fight that is that what happened down like, is that but, what caused this yeah. like this reaction this chain reaction because he's just been like this not even b level benno it's like c level like sorry yeah. you do you miss rampage it's around rampage this guy's turning on his friend who also since no santana i know there's injuries and some other things but like it's just ortiz and eddie kingston that already doesn't really like you know have too much of my attention uh eddie kingston is someone that uh isn't like the indie darling but as soon as someone who's new and so, who, you haven't seen him before and you hear him talk or you see him wrestle, you do become a fan. He's someone that you you see gains new people because they uh, they see what this guy can bring. He does look like, you know, not your average person, but he brings a such like realism and intensity to everything he does. So to see him being like fucking around, like pissing about in this angle, when it's like, dude, you he could be helped. You could have a feud with him and Takeshita where he he just. Talk shit to Takeshita. Like, everyone's t- saying you're so good and all this stuff. I've been here. There's a feud right there. Instead, yeah. he's, you know, what, what is all this? Oh, love King's Road style. Yeah, like, yeah. Go. It's just like the simplest yeah. things in AEW are the best things. And for some reason, they, they're managing to fuck I, this I up. I wonder if there is just like a, because he's such an emotional guy, where Tony Khan just can't trust him in that position. Like, he, he is someone who will talk without thinking and, and act without thinking a lot of the time. And whether it's... He's like, if I'm going to have, I mean, I'm saying that and there was the whole CM Punk thing, but yeah. like, but maybe that sure. is a, a wake up call. It's like, I, I need someone with a bit more of a level head. I need a John Moxley in that role. Like, I, I don't know. It's but just, he doesn't need to be the main guy. Bizarre. He doesn't need no, to be the, the no. champion, but like to have him being a featured player that would elevate himself, the stories with other wrestlers. He's so good at that. So I, I just think of the, the, the Punk feud instantly helped people go, oh, Punk is back because look at the promos and look at the match with mm-hmm. Kingston. That For me, that, I watched that. I went, oh, okay, this guy's back. And then he did the Jericho thing. And that was when people really were writing off Jericho. But he helped Jericho come back to this, like, look at the year now he's had. So it's like Eddie Kingston was doing that to people. And then he gets the shaft where he doesn't get, like, the, the, the flowers. Yeah. He's such a valuable guy to have on your roster. Like, he's a guy who... He, he would never make it in WWE. Like, mm-hmm. to me, it's still bizarre to see, like, this guy who was, you know, doing Chikara in the mid-2000s and CZW and whatever else he was doing, IWA Mid-South, to be a guy who, like, when my friends who, who watch AEW maybe aren't familiar with the indies, quite often he's the guy they come away with going, oh, I really like Eddie Kingston, because there is that thing about him that's real and translates and He's different. He's something you wouldn't get on WWE TV. He's a great selling point for for AEW being something different. And I'm totally with you, Braden. Yeah, maybe he can't be world champion. Maybe he's too temperamental for it. Maybe he wouldn't handle the pressure. Maybe he even thinks, you know, Ortiz is his friend. He probably wants to do this feud. Mm. But if he does, he needs to be protected from himself. He should be in higher level stuff. And yeah, it's a... It's a real tragedy. Him and MJF, how good would that be? You know, if that was the, the next yeah. big MJF for you. To, yeah. I'm with you, Davey. We're getting to a point where as we get further down the line, it's feeling less and less likely that you can heat him back up and put him in that mix. He's he's really in danger of slipping down the card. Yeah. Is, uh, do you bring, like, d- does this feud, like, I thought the feud was going that House of Black were messing with him. That's what it seems like, that maybe this turn oh, isn't even a turn. But then that's just stupid. Like, it's dumb. Yeah. So, uh I, I think he'll eventually get out of it. I think he will get back into a more prominent position. It, the, the reactions speak for themselves when he comes out. So we were pissed. We we go to that uh, the show we shall not be named Rampage in Toronto, 
He wasn't even on that rampage. He was on the dark tapings. Guess who wasn't in the building before he even, like, we weren't even in the building yet, and this guy's already wrestled. We're like, sorry, this guy wrestled not on the main show, but on a show that was, like, just so bizarre. So uh, we do hope that 2023 is a better year for Eddie Kingston. Money on the table. Any other AEW thoughts before we move on to talk a little bit of WWE? Yeah, not really from this week. It, it did feel like a weird show, didn't it, with the Briscoe yeah. stuff in the air and they're not really able to directly acknowledge it. So, yeah, really, it was a bit of a one-match slash two-match show. I thought Dynamite um, this week wasn't much going on Rampage. The commentary was terrible, but that's Rampage. It's always going to be a, always gonna be like that. Loving the Acclaim stuff right now. That's kind of it, really. <laughs> but I'm, just, I'm enjoying AW overall as a product. And, no, yeah, absolutely. Like weird... yeah. No, no. It, it's Again, it's been a really, a really hot product I, I still really enjoy it we're nitpicking things we don't like but everything else i've been super invested in and the wrestling definitely Same. has been speaking for itself especially just having you mentioned mjf supposed to be the heel yet we're getting danielson dream matches every week it's like yeah yeah sure whatever let's just keep <laughs> doing that every week until whatever but uh still still mm. solid stuff so this coming monday it's we're celebrating raw triple x raw 30 um and which will celebrate the the huge return of ron simmons and the bella twins uh amongst other lesser known legends such as hulk hogan the undertaker and rick flair oh is it raw 30 i thought it was legends night yeah um <laughs> but yeah they did do a uh a video package uh this week kind of to that awful blue cover um, but actually the, I did enjoy the video. I don't know if you've seen it yeah. yet showing all the highlights it included a lot of AW people. You had your Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan. Yes. Moment. You had yeah. Raw is Jericho. Yeah. JR all over it. Uh, Vince McMahon all over it. Um, but yeah, I thought we'd just take this time to kind of maybe just talk about some raw highlights or over the over the years yeah i mean we we were uh we do a podcast called best match ever and we like to keep it topical we just did one for great muda since he's been retiring we are definitely going to plan on something for jay briscoe down the line uh, i know we're planning on doing one for stephanie mcmahon for oh yeah but raw 30 was definitely spinning some ideas in my head of like man like you know, again, it's, just, it's a show every Monday for years. I would I would tune in and watch, and I've had there's been so many moments that flood into my head, but and and a lot of g- great wrestling as well. So instantly, my mind went to like, okay, thirty years of Raw. What are some of the greatest things that I've enjoyed watching? Of course, Mark Henry and May Young come to mind, but uh, matches come to mind, and and a few that definitely stuck out. So I'll definitely start. I think it's just like e- easy one to go to, but the. The best Raw matches that come to mind are John Cena, Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. and John Cena, CM Punk. Yep. I think those two are the instantly popped into my mind. Also, as we mentioned it earlier, that wow, a lot of John Cena John for Cena. a guy who can't wrestle. Yeah. Uh, the, the John Cena Cesaro match, Sami Zayn match. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah like, um, they're de- I'm also, if we're talking about wrestling, obviously that. Uh, the tag match, uh, Austin and Triple H versus Jericho and Benoit, Benoit. Yeah. is up there for me. Um, but it's, I think, more, I think more of like the moments, you know, the yeah. the beer truck, the uh, the yes hijacking, um, all of that kind of stuff as well. Maybe more so than the wrestling, but it has uh, had it has had some pretty good wrestling as Val well. Val Venus, Choppy Choppy uh, definitely comes to mind. Yeah. That's a good raw moment. What about you, Benno? Any raw moments? 
Yeah, the yes movements won. Like that, just that whole period where it felt like we were winning for once. We were gonna go. We were gonna. <laughs> we were gonna uh, pull it back from Vince. Didn't last long. Uh, you mentioned that you know the Austin and um, on the Jericho and Benoit with it with Triple H. Jericho and Triple H when Jericho won the uh, the title. Oh yeah, Vince, that's a, a great raw moment. Like we just went back. I'm sure Davey knows on uh, on Grapple and did the. Uh, we looked at Raw month one. Uh, we reviewed the uh, 30 years ago the uh, the first month of Raw. I'm hoping they bring Rob Bartlett back um, for. Uh, for this uh, this show, I don't think they will. I think he's been scrubbed from WWE history, and probably rightfully so. Uh, a worse commentator than even they've had over the uh, the last fifteen years. But like watching all that stuff was bringing back. It was like weird watching the Raw set in nineteen ninety three. But there's all these eighties guys still knocking rounds. You know, your your savages and your big boss mans and earthquake and typhoon and and those types of guys. Hogan, Brutus Beefcake, um, turning up towards the uh, the end of that first run as yeah, well. Yeah, it's weird. That's the cause... real Raw for me, Manhattan Center. As big as Hogan is, and he will probably always be the guy most associated with wrestling, I never, I never no. think of Raw and think of no. Hulk Hogan. Not at all. No. He, he was way no. past that. Yeah. Yeah, you think of Steve Austin. It almost looks weird seeing, like, Hogan did, like, around WrestleMania 9, like, Hogan with the Raw set behind him just looks wrong. It's, I think your, your brain immediately goes to, doesn't it? You think of Monday Night Raw, you think Raw is War, you think Austin McMahon, you think of all of that wrong corporation, The Rock, all of that. That's the, they're the, I mean, they'll probably spend most of the time talking about those as the, uh, as the glory periods. Um, that's the stuff that sticks out to me. I think my first memory is, uh, Austin tied in the ropes by the ministry and yeah. the, oh. the, the greater power, the, the higher power. And I just remember yeah. like that cliffhanger and not really knowing what wrestling is definitely didn't give a shit about the wrestling aspect of it then as a kid, but yeah. just being, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And all Who's week. And like back then it would be, um, raw would air on late Friday night in, yeah. in the UK. So you'd get those spoilers coming in on Monday. And it's like, one of my friends was like, I could tell you, you know, I could tell him, like, no, no, I, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. And it, of course, yeah. being being Vince McMahon. In Vince. <laughs> that period as well. That um, that angle as well, where uh, the the holding uh, Stephanie hostage, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna yeah. put her up on the cross. The Undertaker fiction, yeah. That one's oh, so the good, sacrifice man. they called it, right? I yeah. have I yeah, have this yeah. uh, WWF like DVD set where it's like two or three discs of just like all these like epic raw moments and matches and stuff. And like when I was young and found this DVD, I, like all I did was watch this back and show my friends and stuff like that. And it's got all those ones and it definitely comes to mind i think stone cold clearly like having that crazy run of being the guy so like you said seeing hogan's graphic for this raw 30 show i'm like ah that just doesn't fit right when it's austin and the rock and and triple h who i think of like monday night raw like those th that's their show i would say going oh triple h returning at yeah triple h triple h returning is a huge one on a monday night raw I think of other like big returns. I love the evolution period for Triple H, like when you know when they were like at their pomp and he did the, the Shelton Benjamin match, like yep. that little run. That was a fun, uh, fun era run. Sean Michaels Shelton Benjamin. Oh, that's, that's another huge yeah. Raw match that I fucking loved back in the day. Uh, you can't mention thirty years of Raw, you know Raw XXX without talking about the live sex celebration. I mean, what a <laughs> what a moment! One of the most watched wrestling segments of all time. And like, I mean, that just speaks for itself there, really. Uh, then you had all the stuff like, what was it? Uh, Raw Roulette, where you had 
the Raw Roulette, the weird forgotten TLC match. Yeah, uh, that was a good. Oh, yeah. That was a good Raw. Yeah, you got that one. What about when Vince McMahon was giving out money every uh, Monday night? That was a fucking terrible era of. <laughs> That's just every day in 2023. Yeah, yeah, now now we know why he was handing out all that money every Monday. That was good. (laughs) Donald Trump was uh, owner or general manager or something fucking stupid. That was really bad times. Great times, really. Um, Yeah. Uh, Oh, friendship. Friendship. Oh, friendship. Friendship. What did I say? Friendship Friendship Friendship. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great moment. Like, I'm thinking in the last, like, we're, for me, it's so easy to look back at, like, years ago. But in the last, like, even 10 years, there's still some, like, the Yes Move, it's in the last 10 years, right? Is it? Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, 2014. Oh, okay. So, like, there's still some, I'm thinking Nexus, when it happened, the first, like, shock of, you know, Danielson choking out Justin Roberts. That was cool. I'd say they really fumbled the bag after the fact. But when it initially... Nexus showing up like was pretty good. I mean, yeah, I think that, most of these great yeah. moments, you end up looking at the the feud and it's <laughs> they fumble the fumble the ball. Um, yeah, uh, Chris Elliott saying, "Amaze Benno hasn't I mentioned just, uh, the pipe bomb." The pipe yeah, bomb. That's the big one, isn't it? <laughs> Got to throw that. I think good at st- talking of follow up being fumbled. Yeah, when he came back to uh, to Raw as champion and they did that weird thing with Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that wasn't a. It didn't work out well. And then there's all the Kevin Nash stuff. But the actual moments. The pipe bomb moment, like, yeah, that's got to be up there as far as like a compelling 15 minutes of, uh, of raw TV. Do you, d- does this, uh, does this raw coming up, uh, like, I think we're all in the same boat where we're kind of, I, I enjoy SmackDown. Raw is still a bit of a struggle, but, uh, do you see any, we've got this big Sami Zayn, um, the trial of Sami Zayn with the bloodline. We might be getting some other generations of the bloodline coming in. Um, mm. Does that interest you? Do we do we see like Undertaker's going to be there? Is he coming out of retirement for a Mania match? Like what? what? Uh, I really don't. I think they've completely <laughs> killed the Legends gimmick. Like I don't yeah. care. Yeah, anymore. how many times? Whereas that used to be pretty fun. Yeah. Like when you used to get these people back, it's they wheel these people out all the time where and nothing happens. Uh, I can't say I'm too interested about that. But the Sammy stuff always has my attention. Yeah, like are we getting? Uh... You know, Heath Slater getting beat up by all the legends. You know, I'm thinking yeah. of like the classic yeah, yeah. tropes that they go to all the time. And, and then and to- they all, they're all backstage. Ron Simmons says, damn. And then they all do a big dance. You know, yeah. so those, those segments are coming. Yeah. I, I don't like, the same as you, Davey. I do enjoy SmackDown. You know, generally speaking, it's two hours, lots of Roman Reigns, easy watch. Like, there's a reason we record Grapple Spotlight on a Monday night, like, because we just don't care about Raw. It doesn't matter. Um, this, I suppose, it being a big one might be worthwhile, but it's still three hours, isn't it? It's still mm. Raw, and yeah, I think that the Sami Zayn angle is probably obviously the, the main draw, but they're just not creative enough with these old guys. Like I say, they're not, you know, d- digging deep and, you know, bringing back, like, you know, some guys from, like, the early Raw, like a Damien Demento or something, or, like, a, <laughs> wow. you know, like, those kind of g- g- gimmick guys. Like, it's it's the same old shit, isn't it? It's Ric Flair, it's Hulk Hogan, you know, if they're, if they're available, you know, bring in Kevin Nash, you know, those those types of men, really. So, yeah, there's not much you can do. Um, yeah. I don't think, really, with the, they, should, they should be in the Manhattan Center. That is one thing I liked when they did that. Yeah. I don't know what that show that was, like the 3,000th War or something. Yeah. Um, something like that. Raw 25. Before. So five years ago now. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. They should, they should do something like that again. Even though most people were pissed when they realized. Well, they tried the simulcast. <laughs> they're like two yeah. venues, didn't they? And it didn't really. It yeah, pissed yeah. a lot of people off. 
because they were like, well, I didn't even get anything on this show. Why did I wait all day to get my spot or whatever? Right. Yeah. I I, I probably will. will check out some of the clips. I'm sure there will be something of note from the the 30th anniversary. By the time you people are listening to this, maybe something good happened, but my hopes are still pretty low. Uh, Maybe we get, you know, another raw moment. You know what? Uh, I support love, peace and, and bringing people together. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels hugging it out. <laughs> I need that. Just do that on Raw 30. Just have them hug again. Just for no reason. Be like, hey, you're here. I'm here. We made it. Let's just hug. And I think the, we could all be happy <laughs> and again. fuck Bill Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Goldberg comes out and way, spears Bill him. Goldberg. And Sean's like, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Yeah, uh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. It is rumble season. We've got the rumble coming up uh, in just under a week. Uh, And well, let's let it. it, Everyone loves the rumble. Even if you're completely checked out of wrestling, the rumble is always a fun one. Uh, It's always a great time. We're going to have some friends over, uh, some lapsed fans, some, some current fans, and we're going to play some bets and, and drink and eat pizza and, watch the rumble um yeah you coming over benno yeah you're invited oh i'm up for it i'll, I'll look at the flights i'll see yeah, you yeah. Look. um yeah predictions uh let's start with maybe the uh the women's uh benno kind of any any thoughts for the uh the women's rumble this year not really like is there anything they can do that could like what, what's the what's what's the rumored mania main event that we I don't think we've ever heard any talk on that subject of what it, what it even i i be. think ria ria bianca kind of makes the most sense because mm. Rhea seems the hottest right now She's and Bianca's been on right this now. crazy run so yeah. I think that kind of like I, I don't mm. see anyone apart from, unless you're like bringing a surprise back but at this point who would Ooh. that be like yeah yeah, yeah I'm not sure I, looking at it like the winner faces the one of the champions I mean uh who, who Charlotte's on the other end of it right so mm. I imagine yeah. I imagine we're not going with Ronda in one of these big matches. Yeah, thank, she probably thank, won't come back. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Just like, let's end you that. You think she's done, Benno? She should be. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a weird one, isn't it? Like, she, she felt like she had so much star power when she first came in, and she was surprisingly good. She just felt like another woman on the roster, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. the last yeah. while or so. Like, I think she should go away, and yeah, I don't think there's really much value in it. They definitely killed that. Yeah, they killed the, even the aura, if she even had any, when she came to WWE. They killed that real quick. I, unless she wins the Rumble <laughs> and faces yeah, Charlotte like, again. Mercedes Monet, yeah. maybe she'll come back. There you go, New Mercedes. Are, uh, such a yeah. <laughs> Will she be? You know, she won't have the title yet. Uh, Those, yeah, she, yeah. she won't have that New Japan title just yet. So there you go. She can be double champ. What, what about just surprises? Um, Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson. Just I, I just want to see mm. Tori back. You know, uh, Kelly Kelly. Just the same old, just the same Alicia. Yeah, the same ones. Uh, if you want, you know what? Uh, we, you know, we do the NXT, we do up next and stuff. Sol Ruka, we've been talking about. She's going to do that Kofi spot. If they don't, that's just messing. They, yeah. just ha- they should do that spot because she's really good at it. Uh, I wonder Triple H being somewhat involved creatively, we think at the moment. Uh, Roxanne, whether because last year we didn't have the NXT involvement at all. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. we, yeah, like a Roxanne coming in. Mandy Rose. Yeah. I could see Mandy coming back. Yeah, like Mandy Rose. I think like let the like WWE kind of got a lot of criticism for that. Mandy in interviews has been pretty uh, diplomatic and yeah. complimentary towards her time in WWE. 
I could I could see that being a thing for sure. Mandy Rose. But yeah, as far as like the the actual like winner, the the real one makes sense would be like your your Becky or your Rhea because then you could set up like the I'd say Rhea is is really hot right now where you could do Rhea versus Bianca, but other than that like what Charlotte I Becky? could also see them giving Rhea a spot in the men's. You know, like we, cool. we have yeah, had that, that with with Nia not too long ago. Yeah. I think you could you could maybe do something like that with Rhea. Obviously, not win it, but some sort of spot help out Priest and Dom. So then, so then you're saying that we could put a men in the women's Rumble then, right? So well, Santino's on impact yeah, right Santino's now. Santino's busy, so <laughs> he can't really do that. But I know people were pissed when he showed up to, to take a spot in one of those Rumbles. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I do think Rhea is really hot right now. We were at that Toronto show where uh, the the Judgment Day lost a match, and then. She carried Damian Priest to the back because he was selling like he was hurt. I could see them doing the spot where he gets knocked out and she saves she him, him and puts him back in the match. Which because impre- Priest is huge as well. Yeah. Like it was actually really so impressive her <laughs> carrying Priest yeah. off. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, what about the men's rumble then? I mean, the weird thing here, and I'm talking to wrestling fans, the the people who are like catching up, kind of what's going on. I'm not too sure, and the the unanimous thing is why did they announce cody rhodes without just giving him us giving us that that huge pop when he shows up so i i did see something about that they have plans of other surprises and and from what i was reading it seems more more something along the lines of like a like a mickey james from last year like something Mm -hmm. rather than just bringing back the boogeyman so like I can't remember where I read it, but basically, say it might have been fightful saying you'll be satisfied with some of the other surprises, and that's why we wanted to give Cody as like a, a draw. Wow, we're getting impact stars in our rumble, uh, so we better <laughs> we better announce Cody's in the rumble to to offset that. I still no, think but it's, whether it's like a well, J, like a an AJ Styles kind of level. Well, he's hurt, so no, no, no. Be. I mean, like when AJ debuted, yeah. that kind of like a new roster thing. Well, Ben, I was saying the other thing, right? Like the other elephant in the room is is the Rock kind of gonna right. actually show up? Is the Rock gonna get in shape? According to Meltzer, is the Rock gonna even you know wrestle in a match to win the match to to you know? Do you mean, even need the Rock in this? It stinks. I don't, with the Rock, it just smells of bullshit, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, he knows when WrestleMania is. You know, he's been alive for you know at least yeah. forty odd WrestleManias his entire <laughs> life. He knows that it comes around April time. He knows when to get in shape for. So I just mm. think he either doesn't want to do it or it's bullshit, and he's going to be a surprise. Maybe at the Rumble, maybe closer to May. Number thirty, the Rock. <laughs> so he doesn't have to do too much. Just throw Cody out, get the heat. Mm. Either way, like oh, God, Cody, yeah. Cody should win in this like situation. Yeah. Like, sorry, Sami Zayn is not winning the Royal Rumble. Whether or not he gets turned on tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw in his uh, court battles. But like, are they going to pull it audible and go, you know what? Sammy's winning the rumble. Sammy versus Roman. Like as much as we all want that to happen, it's not going to happen. It's so, I think the best plausible thing is WrestleMania Cody versus Roman. Let's go. Let's book it and have Cody lose. Cody lose. Keep the run going. (laughs) The whole thing just to have him lose. I I could see if, if it's not the rock, I could see Cody and Seth as the final two. Uh, this being Cody's yeah. first match back, you've still got a little bit of unfinished business there. Yeah. Uh, Seth yeah. is on a pretty hot run right now. I I could totally see that being the final two. My uh, like you, my heart would love Sammy. I yeah. think we're getting Sammy Roman yeah. in Montreal, which yeah. makes sense. But just um, yeah, that that would be pretty special. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, some people in the chat are, are giving some suggestions for surprises, like Edge. 
I oh, don't yeah? even know if he's he's able to. Uh, the Great Muda, he could show up. <laughs> I think that'll happen. I believe yeah. that one. That I man's could, never retiring. I could totally see that. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, we'll we'll get into Muda bye bye in a second. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I there there could be some cool surprises. I think they they've messed up the Rumble last year. They didn't make it as exciting as it used to be. I hate the the Brock spot where he throws someone out and then just waits and then they do it for like. 15 minutes it's really boring so i hope they do that not... wasn't last year was it last no, year that was, was the like year three years ago was shane okay. the last year shane, shane was last, was last year. year yeah i swear brock was in last year in the f5 bad bunny and it's like the only thing i can remember he, he was match. in the match last year yeah but he won it last year but it was right. a couple of years ago he had the the first yeah, 30 I minutes hated of the match. that i i i, I like that one I, I i do think uh brock gunther should have a big moment where they f- maybe hopefully tease that match it was setting up that wrestlemania but yeah like uh moments yeah so put who are you putting your money on then cody 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 right. yourself yeah, cody. cody cody and that's what i want to uh I, I want the big cody cody's in this weird spot isn't he where he's like he's half the people's choice he half feels very you know the way they're doing all the build-up packages feels mm. like a bit of a company choice so they need to make sure they get that right and it doesn't feel too much like they're, they're forcing him down people's throats i i, I think it's that that balance of wrestling fans liking like to be surprised but also like logical storytelling and the logical storytelling yeah. is cody to win but it's also ah oh man i i'd rather be surprised by it though cody's and- gonna beat roman and then he's gonna hold up the wwe title and he's gonna throw it down and he's gonna go in the air type spell out a e w and it was all the work we all knew it from the beginning. Hangman wakes up in the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I could just picture though, Cody. Just it feels a little bit like you know Brian and you know the damage that was done to Blue Teaster and Roman and Randy Orton, all those guys. Mm. Like you've got to keep Cody. You got to keep Cody away from Sammy and not make fans feel like that choice has been made. True, because that yeah. will be bad for Cody. Like yeah. they've got to play that well. I think they played everything well with Sammy so far. They'll get it right. But yeah, that's something I'm a little bit uh, worried about. I'm I'm interested to see if maybe we do get like like we said the great Muda or anything like New Japan related, you know, Carl Anderson or something. Cuz cuz there there seems to be that there was some there was some more talks with New Japan and and uh possibly WWE yeah, Jay White. Hey, there you go. Jay White could show up. Yeah. The, sure. I know that Loser leaves town, but that's what I was going when I was saying about AJ Styles. Like, I think that's someone, but right. I don't. I think the Hikaleo matches after the Rumble, is it not? Oh, okay. Yeah, but like, so. still, you could area. have that deal in place. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because because I saw some reports this week that there was talks of AJ showing up at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and I'd be like, why would AJ show up at Wrestle Kingdom? What would be the to help re- his boy Carl Anderson? Yeah, I mean, instantly my brain goes to, okay, they're setting up Kenny versus AJ and Osprey. No, I don't know. But AJ's injured now, so we don't even get him in the Rumble, which is unfortunate. So, so well, we're, while we're on the topic of New Japan, there were a few shows in Japan this last week. We had uh, New Japan and NOAA uh, Wrestle Kingdom Day 2. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this. Ben, away, I believe you did. But uh, what I have seen is going around the Okada Kiyomiya um spot where Ooh. okada it looks like just shoots on on kiyomir and gives him a hell of a receipt i mean he gets kicked in the face yeah he gets kicked in the face mm. and then just beats the shit out of this guy this is killer kota abushi but okada this is the most interesting okada's been yeah. in quite a long time 
most fiery shown in a long time. So where was this with Jay White and the Wrestle Kingdom main event? Yeah. Like it was just like, ah, I suppose I'll beat Jay White. Yeah, we'll go out there, we'll have a 40 minute Okada match. This feels like it's got actual like stakes now. Like it was brilliant. Like the, the kick to the head was a great moment, but it was. It was Okada just laying into into Kiyomir. If it, it felt like a shoot, like down to the promo after it as well. It's like you're totally right. This is the most I've felt into Okada in, in a while. Like he goes out there, like, yeah, and he's gonna have a four and a half star match because that's what Okada does but like we've been missing this like it's been feels like it's been years since I've felt any kind of emotional investment in it and Okada and yeah the prop he took me uh by surprise with this yeah it shocked me because he's he he goes off on the dude and then it's not even just that it's then the, the clip of him back like walking backstage yeah. and the guy's filming him and Okada's just <laughs> yelling and screaming and like you know my Japanese is a little rusty but yeah. Okada cussing that's the Okada I need. More mm. swear words coming out of Okada's mouth because he seemed jacked. The whole Twitter, people who, who did tune in to watch this, people are like, is this real? Is this Okada's actually mm. mad? No, he's just really good at selling a match that you're going to want to watch because they've now announced this match. They've announced yeah. it for what? Uh, Keiji Muto's, Muto's right? uh, yeah, last yeah. match, sure, right? Yeah, yeah um, so, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are going to want to watch that match now. This was someone who was not on my radar. And as soon as you kick Okada in the face and he's mad about it, I instantly know who you are now. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in this match for sure. Benno, what, uh, was there anything else on that show that kind of stood out? Because uh, we, we haven't had time with our work schedules and stuff to, to watch it yet. But any, any kind of recommendations? It definitely seemed a bit more interesting than last year's, which was all just six-man, eight-man tags. Yeah, they put a bit more effort in this year. That felt like the biggest talking point, that, and the fact that we're getting a, you know, a singles match out of it as well. You know, the Noah champion versus the New Japan champion. Like, that should probably happen on a card like this, but the Muta show is a good place to do it as well. Um, but yeah, like that, that's the main thing. I think the, the big, you know, the matches they had towards the end of the show, the, uh, the singles matches, which were all Congo versus LIJ. That was a fun series. Like, this was genuinely a good show. I don't like the, rehashing of the Wrestle Kingdom name. It feels a bit like what AAA do, where there's eight triple manias yeah. in a year now. Um, you probably WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. You've taken that idea and, you know, it wasn't really Wrestle Kingdom, but this was New Japan. It felt like, again, like Wrestle Kingdom did this year, a real New Japan card with a decent crowd who could chant a little bit and be a little bit more uh, lively. And it really worked out well. I think the, the biggest takeaways are the expected ones, the two big, uh, the semi main and the main events like Shingo and, uh, and Nakajima was really good. Um, you know, there's been points on Grapple where you know we've gotten into to Noah a little bit, mainly Gareth and, and JP over the last couple of years. And Noah almost always punish you because you'll get behind a, a Nakajima or a, or a Kitamir or any of these guys, uh, Kiyomi, you'll get into any of them. And then event and they led to putting the belts on Muta. Like, I, w- I wouldn't put it, put it past them between now and that retirement show for him to somehow be world champion again because you <laughs> can't trust Noah. But see. Seeing these like young guys who've got so much promise, who should be the top guys in Noah in these top slots against the New Japan equivalents, was really good. And yeah, Shing- Shingo and, uh, and Nakajima was an awesome, I'd say four point two five star semi minute. Went about twenty minutes. You know, loads of you know great offense from Shingo. Just a great hard hitting match. I'd recommend. And Naito and Keno, I don't think was quite to the level of that one, but it was a very good main event, and it was just fun to see. Just see Naito against somebody who's not from the New Japan system um, in Keno to see against somebody that just, it feels like it shouldn't be real seeing these two guys from these two different companies uh, go back and forth with their 
respective styles. So it was worth it just for the, yeah, the you know the novelty of that really. But those two big batches definitely delivered and it felt like a, a lively show. It felt like it did at Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th that maybe say it quietly, New Japan might be back. Um, but I guess we'll see. New Japan is back. You said, uh, <laughs> you said uh, Noah can, can, can sometimes punish you. Is it because you watch it with English commentary? Because uh, they, <laughs> they definitely punish me when I watch. Uh, oh, well, I was ahead of the camp. champion Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> oh, next. Unbelievable. The, oh, the half Boston crab by Sting. Oh, oh terrible. It's, that's the problem you get. If, if the commentary is English, people will, people will just call it five star commentary without, uh, you know, not really criticizing it like you will anyone else. It's always good. You've got English commentary. That's a good start. It can be the worst commentator in the world. It can be Chris Charlton, and I'm okay with it. But like, it's um, <laughs> shots to Chris Charlton. It could, but it's like, you know, I think. Yeah, those guys have always sucked. You're turning yeah, into Bret great. Hart with Goldberg, Benno. <laughs> I throw it over them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't really know much about the Noah commentary, but I will let people know that you can go to postwrestling.com and get yourself a brand new four, sorry, five, five pillars shirt available. And shout out WH Park. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this is the most Noah I've ever watched, uh, not including the arc, because I watched Bye Bye Muda. And um, what was I doing? I, I was out and I came home and it was like 4 a.m. And I uh, messaged in one of our group chats and I'm like, hey, uh, isn't Muda like like wrestling right now? And someone said, yeah, he's he's literally making his entrance. So I'm like, Davey, t- quick. I know it's four something in the morning, but quick, put on put on that show. So we tuned in like at the very last second to uh, catch Bye bye Muda, which was uh which was yeah, very, perfect timing actually. Yeah, we yeah. we we turned it on as Hakushi uh was making his entrance, which I was like, sorry, I forgot. Hakushi's wrestling and he's going by Hakushi and he's using yeah. the Hakushi music as well. Look terrifying. Yeah, and those are all real tattoos, right? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Get that, that guy on the raw anniversary or in the raw. Yeah, yo, Hakushi. that would yeah. be sick. Have a Bret Hart Hakushi standoff. So this was Sting, Darby, and the Great Muta against Hakushi. Uh, who else? Akira. Akira. I didn't know who that was. And I'm confused because I went to an indie show Rick a little Kabuji. while. Yeah. Oh, Greek Mara Fuji. Yeah. Sorry, Mary Fuji. Yeah. I, I went to an indie show like a, a few months ago, and there was a wrestler named Akira, but I'm pretty sure it was a white guy. So I was like a little confused. And then I'm watching this, and they said this guy was Akira. So I was like, oh, it must be the same guy. But then I'm looking at him. And I'm like, that's definitely not the, the same guy. So uh, sorry for my... I, I was not aware of the, who this guy was. He was wearing face paint, and everyone in his match was fucking wearing face paint. So I was like, you you fit in, man. I guess. <laughs> this match wasn't good. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, though. Uh, we recently did a show with WH talking about all the best of great Muda. So I'm definitely in the, in the Muda mood. So it was cool. I will say I was teased, though. You know, this is all, you know, spooky gimmick shit, right? So we got... Which is again really cool to see uh, Darby Allen and Sting, you know, wrestling with the Great Muda. However, when Sting goes to make his entrance, they teased us <laughs> with a Surfer Sting entrance, and then it just cuts and it's like, nah, it's Sting in a T-shirt. Francesco Akira. Francesco yeah. Akira. Interesting. Akira. No, sorry, is the white guy. Akira is the Japanese dude with the face paint. Got you. So the usual Francesco Akira. Francesco Akira. Yeah. Okay, that does sound was just more of a Akira. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. Makes more sense. Uh, 
also a big fan of the movie, Akira. Uh, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, it is exact. I was also worried for Great Kabuki in the entrance. It looked like he was like, couldn't even get in the ring. Good thing he wasn't wrestling, but like this, this was what it was. I'm trying to think it, comparing it to the Ric Flair thing. This guy's doing a whole tour. Ric Flair did like, you know, like you said 20 years of <laughs> retirement. <laughs> tour, yeah. Uh, it was, it was fun to see Darby Allen and Marafuji face to face sting and Marafuji face to face Hakushi and Darby Allen killing each other sting, sending Hakushi flying off the, the ramp. That was a cool spot of the match. Muda just stabbing Hakushi in the face with a piece of wood, with a piece of wood <laughs> after the match and sting and Darby are like, that's just crazy old Muda. Like <laughs> the baby face is just letting him stab this man in the head. Yeah, um, you love this here. It felt, I don't know, like it felt to me, I wouldn't have known it was a retirement match unless you told me. Sure, he's he's doing the Keiji Mudo stuff, but I don't know. I was expecting maybe like a moment him taking off the mask at the end or something like some sort of retirement. It felt a little anticlimactic. To me. Yeah, I mean, I guess because he's not, he's still got one more match where he's gonna. Yeah, rest. but like something like retiring that the match that, that gimmick in Utah, isn't it but i think that is the clue that he's going to be at the rumble as well I, yeah maybe yeah. yeah yeah maybe that's why he didn't take the mask out i i enjoyed the there's someone took a great photo where he he sends it looked like sting and darby were helping him walk the poor guy and Muda's like no no yeah. no leave me alone i need my my ramp spot here and he spits the mist and someone got a great photo I saw today on Twitter and Instagram where he's spitting it. And just because of the photo, it made a heart. Oh, like the way he spit. So, you know, you just love to see, you just love to see a nice heart in my wrestling. You know what? This yeah. was, a, it was ridiculous. That this was on, match. on the new Japan show, Kevin Kelly's commentary. He was just burying Muta the entire night. It was brilliant. Like Muta <laughs> was like sat by them as well, doing Japanese commentary. And Kevin Kelly's like, oh, he needs the spotlight, doesn't he? Oh, here he comes again. Oh, he's getting his match with Naito, is he? Oh, he's never going to retire. He's going to have 12 more matches. Just burying him, doing stand-up. It was brilliant. But there, there was JR on Rampage last week as well when uh, Excalibur's saying about, oh, and Sting and Darby are going to be in this match. And he's like, is it though? Is it his last match? Is it really? Okay. JR, you're not one. All your friends do the same shit, JR. Yeah. I don't know. Well, for, yeah. former friends. I don't yeah. know. I've heard Ric Flair not say some nice things mm-hmm. about JR. Uh, I, I, you know what? It was, it was a, it was weird. Like I said, we both came home after the bar at like four in the morning. I'm like, fuck, the great mood is retiring. Yeah. All right. Throw it on. So it does feel like I wasn't even maybe awake, but it was funny to see. Uh, some of the characters that you... It felt like we were playing a video game with you know, yeah. your Darby, your Marafuji and Sting and stuff like that. So. And a good chance to plug once again, uh, patreon.com slash Poison Rana. We have dropped just yesterday our best match ever, The Great Muta with WH Park. Which, really fun show. Man, it was, it was awesome. One of the best shows we've done in a while because WH made this list of just some sweet matches that I've never seen. And we discussed The Mist... The origin of the mists and mm-hmm. different wrestlers. We also discussed the Muda scale, yes, which was just a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, bye bye. Always great chatting to WH. Just that just, wild man. Just don't give him any weed. <laughs> Good thing <laughs> we recorded. We 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 recorded before I gave him a hoot, and then when he had one puff, this guy turned into fucking. <laughs> he turned into his Muda. His other <laughs> yeah yeah. WH took one puff. Of some gelato. He's putting the uh, face paint on. Yeah. <laughs> he was going next level. So, uh, uh, yeah, he won't listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> uh, we've had got- a very similar experience with WH in, uh, in New York with a mojito, which didn't end well. But- one mojito. WH, if you ever just listen, we love him. <laughs> 
WH took one puff of my joint and he was hanging on our ceiling fan, spinning around. He's going through our fridge. He's sending oh. messages, I believe. I heard he was in some DMs. Oh man, uh, w- you know you're in trouble when WH is sending lies in your DMs. <laughs> All good stuff, oh, though. Yeah. All good. Yeah, we stuff. Love nothing, man. nothing to worry about. Um, we got one more thing here, and we'll we'll go through this quickly. We kind of already mentioned it. Uh, Dana White's power slap. Oh, yeah. uh, had its had its debut and just absolutely tanked in yeah. ratings and yeah a good riddance. I'll, I'll say what i said earlier make sure if you if you're a, an american who uses tbs make sure when you're done watching dynamite to change the channel i don't know flavor town or something instead yeah. just make sure <laughs> i remember yeah. the pure days of slap fighting back back in the pandemic over on grapple we were watching the, these polish and russian lads slap each other live on fighters matt striker and vampiro did the commentary completely auto matt if you ever you know the way matt striker just bullshits facts anyway yeah he was just making things up on commentary for that and there was an enjoyment we we got out of that it felt pure it felt yeah. like not ours it felt like some a window into a world we didn't know and now dana white has just sullied the good name of Slap. how, how do you win it like i've never watched it and i'm not going to do you just win by knockout or quitting knockout, or yeah Stop out ref stoppage seemed to change the mind. TKO uh, yeah. decision. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, it's not going to last. It's not. It's not. It's something that you have attention for for like thirty seconds. That you're like, okay, a guy got slapped. So it's like to sit there and watch a whole thing. Also, it's like some of these people are getting hurt in these slaps, and it's just like, st- yep. so it's kind of stupid. It's like, what next? Would you take this? Like, okay, let's let's start. You know, like, remember all those movies? I'm thinking of Stone Cold and one of those movies, kind of like Battle Royale, where all right, we're gonna put people on an island, they're all gonna kill each other, and the winner's the winner. Like, are we eventually just gonna get to that in real life? I would argue though, like boxing and MMA, of course. Like, well, like they've been around forever, and I'm they're wrestling. completely like I, I'm not saying they're not skilled. There's 100 skill and athleticism to it, but it's barbaric as well when you're hitting each other in the head, and the aim is to knock out your opponent so it's a slap i've never i've never played games with my friends where we're just slapping each other in the face oh you missed out i do remember as a kid though uh, yeah as a kid i remember playing rock paper scissors slap where Mm -hmm. you just slap each other's hand that's not in each other's face and like that would get to the part where people were like no i i tap out your my hand is like bleeding because you slapped each other but like to slap each other in the face i'm like come on let's just it's funny for like 30 seconds and whatever I, I well, don't... Stephanie McMahon is jobless now, and we all know she's she's got the real power slap. So maybe she could. I mean, maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but like clearly someone has had to have edited the intro for Power Slap if they even have one with the clip of Dana White at New Year's. So like that oh, had sure. to be something that was put together. It's just so funny that this guy's. I shouldn't say funny. It's just so fucked up. This guy's promoting a show about slapping, and right before it comes out he gets in trouble for slapping. It's yeah. just, uh, how can you slap? It's crazy. It's crazy world we live in that this is a show and I hope it gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, I'm being blunt, but like, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Well, that's everything on today's agenda. Wow. Benno, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this is where we just go into like any other business. I feel we've really done that. Ran the it. gambit of everything today, but, uh, where uh, any final words you have. I know you've got to record for another few hours after this. I'm sorry for oh, keeping man. you uh, late today, but really, really appreciate you joining us. It's always, always fun chatting with you. Yeah, please let the people know what you're doing. What are you going to be recording? And then where people can find you and stuff as well. 
Yeah, thank you. If I'm not podcasting, I'm dead. So yeah, this is a normal <laughs> Sunday for me. So. No, I've loved, I've loved dropping in. Like I'm genuinely like I'm. It's great to see you guys' success. I'm, you know, massive fan of uh, of Up Next and everything you did there. It's great to see you, you know, spreading your wings and doing the uh, the Poison Rana thing in this show. Like, it's a great, it's it's a great concept. I've made up to uh, to get to get on it. So keep doing what you guys are doing, and yeah, it's uh, it's just awesome to uh, to see. But yeah, for me, uh, we do a similar show, I guess. Spotlight uh, Mondays uh, for uh, for Grapple this week. Uh, we're on a Tuesday, but we're actually doing a a free trial week. We were stupid. We put all all our live stuff is behind the the Patreon paywall so the good people of youtube don't get to see us much so this week we're going to put that right so live on the grapple youtube you'll be able to watch spotlight live uh, free for all and our weekend show will be uh, live later in the week as well all of our patreon daily updates are going to be going live on the grapple feed this week as well we're just doing a, a full trail free trial week so we'll uh we're trying something new to see how, how that goes. So, yeah, great time to uh, to jump in with the, uh, the Grapple podcast. So, yeah, just search the word Grapple wherever podcasts are sold. And, yeah, every every six months or so, you might fight, find me on post-wrestling doing my uh, <laughs> yearly contractual uh, British wrestling type stuff where we don't really talk about British wrestling anymore. Because it's dead. Got to justify the hat somehow. Yeah, I can't yeah. recommend you guys enough. I, I love listening to <laughs> Grapple. I love your uh, the deep cuts you do. Um, uh, some really interesting one. Just listen to what was it? Spike Dudley, you just did, which was oh yeah, which that pretty was fun. Really I really like yeah. the Chris Masters one you guys did as well. Um, yeah, uh, really enjoy listening to you guys and encourage if you, if you enjoy listening to us and you 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 want more podcasts in your life, absolutely check out the lads at Grapple. I mean, if if Benno's not enough, you got the best voice in podcasting game, JP. Oh yeah. JP's We've got to do some kind of podcast where it's all four of us. We've said that a few times. Yeah. Whether that's on Spotlight or something, we've got to do like a, a versus or something like that where we battle it out. Uh, I'm down. That. There's that tag team match. You and JP. I could not play JP. He sounds too good. I'd do anything he says. He's so sw- I'd be swoon. He's, He's got the Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Like, who does mind trick you with his, just, his beautiful it's voice? It's, the tones of his voice are fantastic. I've told him this many times. Thank you, Benno, so much. This was a lot of fun, and we can't wait to do more with you uh, d- down the line. 2023, we'll make it happen. We'll get uh, we'll get another uh, group show going because it's uh, always a fun definitely. to shoot the shit with you, especially over some topics. We were definitely uh, down in the dumps feeling sad about Jay Briscoe, but I think we did Jay some justice talking about some good times, uh, looking back on him, and then, of course, everything else we did. So thank you so much, Benno, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, in the YouTube chat or anyone listening on the podcast feed. Give us a like, a subscribe. All the little things can go such a long way. Retweets, all that stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we had a good show out today. Thank you, uh, Branavanch. Shout out Jake. Shout out Chris Elliott. Shout out Cool Gang Big B, B Detroit. Uh, yeah. Just listen to uh, What Up Doe with him and John Ceno talking everything uh, hip-hop. They were talking about the, the rap nominations in the Grammys uh video games the last of us the new hbo series which i'm absolutely loving uh that's a free show on this very feed go and check that out if you haven't already yeah that dropped on friday b detroit uh brian basically was basically called that swerve was gonna start doing this like hip-hop thing so he's been covering that that's gonna drop every uh month on this free feed so go check that out with john Cena and b detroit detox is a free show on this feed as well with me and jordan where we talk everything but wrestling. So go check that out as well. But you want to hear more patreon.com slash poison Rana. It's only five bucks and you get almost 500 podcasts, retro NXT reviews, movie reviews, paper reviews, everything is on there. Go check us out and support your boys. Cause we are content creators and we would love for you to check out our content. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Benno, thank you, my good sir. 
my good lad. Thank you, everyone out there for listening. That's it. That's all. At Poison Rana Pod, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And reach for the sky, boy. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe.